Bro. This is Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple. I'm better. This fucking company, serious. <laughs> Honestly, Matt Riddle, you've got young. a star there. You've got a star. The man comes out, he oozes charisma. He's got a star aura. Like, how could anyone look at that and go, well, let's use him for trolling purposes? Like, what the fuck is wrong with this company? They're you. I'm annoyed that I'm annoyed at this. Because what do you expect? JP said it. Corbyn's going to eliminate him. I got quite excited when he came out thinking, all right, if they're going to make a star, they've got Keith Lee out. Fucking push Riddle. Just do it. Push him to the moon. How long did he last? A fucking minute. And then they got some good trolling material out of it. You've got dollar signs ringing as he comes out. There's people waiting to make money from this man. Imagine if Will Smith walked into a Hollywood Carton office in the early 90s and he went, oh, fuck him off. No. You saw him. You, you harnessed an image, you put him in the Fresh Prince, you put him in Bad Boys, you give him the gradual push, you make the money with Men in Black, and you go from there. You move past Wild Wild West and you just forget all about it, but anyway. Yeah, no, but he still made money for a long time <laughs> after that. Oh, yeah, he did. But it's just a rough example. You've got the man there. Listen to him. Look at him. The man oozes natural charisma, and instead, oh, now, why should, why would we do that when we could troll the likes of us and piss the likes of us off? We get far more than that than making money. Instead, let's push a guy who we, we first debuted in 2009, who left for a little bit. It's now 2020. If this means we've got a wait, it means Matt Riddle might get a push in 2030. We've got 10 years for them to just do jack shit with Matt Riddle, maybe put him in a jobber for, like tag team, like 3MB for a bit, then maybe let him bugger off for a bit, then maybe bring him back, let him do 50-50 for a couple of years and nothing of note on Raw forever, and then just push him because you're out of ideas and you think, oh, may as well, that guy's around. Absolute fucking joke of a company. They don't know what they've got. They've got so many good young guys right there ready to go. They've got stars. You've got Walter. You've got Keith Lee. You've got Matt Riddle. You've even got Tommy N there. What's his name? I can't remember his fucking name. It it tells you how little (laughs) I watch this shite company, and for good reason. And you, you, you eliminate him there and then. They are a joke of a company who get everything they deserve. And I fucking hope that they're dead within the next 10 years because they deserve to die and you know what i hate this company the royal rumble was a great tradition that i once loved they've killed it they've absolutely killed it wrestlemania this year will i be watching the old show fuck no why would anyone sit for a seven hour fucking slog of a show to get no reward at the end of it they are an absolute fucking joke fuck off and die Let's have AEW dominate, rule the roost, and hopefully start putting on good WrestleMania-style shows where we get good young guys, good wrestlers coming through the ranks, getting gradual pushes, rather than a completely unorganic push of a guy who's been around for years, done nothing for the last two years since he's been on the main roster, and now tonight you just decide, yeah, may as well push him, give him out of WrestleMania. Yeah, he got cheered at the end because he eliminated Roman Reigns, another one of your absolute fucking 
failures. What an absolute joke of a company. No self-awareness, no clue how to make money from actually pushing wrestlers properly anymore. Yeah, well done. You might get another big TV deal and make all your money. You might get a crown prince hacking your phone and throwing you a load of cash as well. I hope he fucking acts Vince's phone. And you know what? The abundance of probably naked blondes he's got with someone with a spy cam in the locker room looking at the likes of Mandy Rose and Liv Morgan, Dana Brooke. How many more blondes with fake tits and fake lips should I list off there? So a fucking plenty of that rumble tonight. A joke. An absolute joke. <laughs> MBS, hat Vince's phone, get the pics out, show a fucking perv the bastard is. And what an idiot. Hear about him at Rocky Johnson's funeral on the weekend? What the fuck? <laughs> the man's lost it. And he's lynched in charge of this company. He's not all there. And I'm JP. <laughs> Welcome to our Real Rumble Review. Fucking hell. Uh, well, it's Monday. <laughs> I'm just that was incredible, that was. <laughs> just count yourself lucky, Joe. You didn't do what I did and stayed up all night for it. Fuck me. Mate, you're a glutton for punishment. <laughs> I know. Oh. Well, I'm glad, oh. I'm glad I had a nap tonight anyway to get myself uh, ready for this. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. You guys enjoyed the show then, yeah? Was, uh... <laughs> Look, think about what I just did there. I skipped the beginning, I kicked off. You get Matt Riddle in there, you have him eliminate people quickly. And then you get him to fuck off and you make a star in one night. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> we're not easing our way into this one this week. Oh, no, yeah, no 20 minutes of nonsense here. Although I will probably count the, uh, the rumble review 20 minutes of nonsense. Look, guys, it's the fucking it's the one it's what how many times a year is it three or four times a year where we actually pay attention to WWE? Yeah, like I, I got so I actually got some grief on Twitter from some rando who was going, Oh, you's all you's all still watch it though, even though you complain. And I was just like. It's like it's like being like a fa- fan of football and not paying attention to the Premier League. Like you might think it's full of cunts and you might hate it. Yeah. And you might go watch your favorite League 2 team or you know what I mean? You might start go watch La Liga or something like uh, us watching Puro or AW or whatever. But it's still the biggest company in the world. The Rumble's still a big weekend, isn't it? It's the it's one of the biggest weekends of the year. You've got to pay attention to it. Um but yeah, fuck it out. Yeah. I can't believe you're not more mad, JP. You're the riddle guy. Um, it seemed worryingly inevitable, which kind of now makes me think, in hindsight, that when he was going down the uh, when he was going down the ramp, kind of embracing every moment, making sure he was fist bumping every fan. Frankly, like we were saying, like he was in Preston still. Um, he uses the same charisma in pubs in Preston as he does in baseball stadiums for like 40,000 people. It's quite amazing. The man is an absolute natural. It's obvious for everyone to see, apart from one fucking psychopath <laughs> who sits at the top of this billion-dollar company. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, to be honest, it's... I think JP's done some Matt Riddle-type things to chill him out this evening. So, as a man who doesn't partake. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, it was like... I'm all right about it now. Like the... he probably was. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, he, 10 minutes later. He'd he have been straight back stage, gone did he, right. Didn't he have like a confrontation with Brock backstage? I saw people like, again, I was watching this live at the time at home. I didn't go to Matty's. Matty's got a, he, he, they were all staying up watching it, like I mentioned last week, but I knew I had work the morning after, but I still, I still managed to stay up. I should have just gone to Matty's though, apparently. I was there on Friday. Apparently he's got a 40 disc Nexus DVD set. 
Maybe we should have watched Jesus. that. How? <laughs> Maybe we should have watched that. It's I think it's literally every Nexus match and segment. Uh, I asked him, does Why? it go? Does it go to shit? Oh, he's got this big case full of DVDs. Like there's all Is that kinds alongside of them. all that UWF stuff you got him on. To do <laughs> oh, that song. he's he's in mid south, wasn't it? He's an eclectic man, you know, he likes all this stuff, but yeah, he's got some some weird and wonderful DVD WWE sets. I would imagine, I mean, again, the DVDs, so think of the time, the time frame these are from. Uh, I would imagine towards the end, it must, you know, when they join CM Punk and stuff, it tails off. But I reckon the early Nexus stuff might be a better watch than watching, watching modern WWE. Don't know. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. There's nostalgia stuff in there as well. They try nostalgia in this. A lot of it's built up around nostalgia in this godforsaken company. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, it's it's funny. Like trying to summarize because we literally finished watching it at like half past nine. Time of recording is ten o'clock. As my son just dives in and grabs a cheeky digestive for buggering off to bed. Um, <laughs> I digress. It's hard to know what I've spent a large portion of my weekend watching a company that I really loathe at this point and goes out of its way to troll me, but I'm so numb to it. So I watch it with like a, a complete lack of investment. I don't know if you guys did it. I think Riddle's the only one that I can get wound up about because it's When so... Keith Lee came out, I was excited. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they could have gone with Keith Lee as well, but Riddle is so obvious. It's just such a no-brainer. It really is. It's like having... You've got Lionel Messi there and you've gone, nah, yeah. why bother like, why bother like that's that's what you've got there in front of you mm. and they, they don't want to admit it because they're just painfully ignorant and stuck in their ways and stuck in a time warp they don't get it there's no mm. self-awareness there's they're just a redundant company who you know what i die i really do <laughs> like the, the world would be a better place without this company in it would it would it not be what do you reckon uh, i think you take the mamans out I would go with that first and foremost. Yeah. But then there'd probably be some other wonderful collection of arseholes step into their place. But yeah. at the moment, like, I don't know, what what do you make of it as a show? Like, I mean, ultimately, it's about leading up to WrestleMania. Oh, I well, have to admit, I'm not excited about WrestleMania well, in any way, shape or form. Joe touched on it there. Like, I think I had a much better time watching the show. One, because I was watching it live. I think, obviously, the Riddle stuff was a fucking full-on troll job just to get heat on, uh, on Baron Corbin. But like, I think it was the ten, like you said about, uh, you know, sat there with some digestive biscuits, JP, and our, uh, Good lad. and other things. You know, you've got to kind of, it's the, it was the ten your brain off rumble. Like I had honestly for the first, if you split it into two matches and you just looked yep. at that first half, like I had the best time live watching it because I don't give a fuck. Like there were people, like I was watching it live and people like uh, I know and talk about wrestling with and respect who were getting were fuming at like you know this part timer Brock. Lesnar taking out all these full timers where I was just oh, sat there like right. oh yeah I was like I don't They're give a geeks. fuck exactly to me the geeks I don't care yeah. about WWE if, if, if I get to see Brock Lesnar smash the fuck out of these cunts I get to see like Brock Lesnar do that like step up big clothesline spot he did and oh, that was awesome destroy yeah. MVP that whole sequence of the New Day and Reign <laughs> was great yeah it was and it relies on you doesn't it you're like not caring because if we were like you know one of them podcasts that seriously analyse WWE once or twice or three or four or five times a week? One, we go insane. But two, you've kind of got to like 
analyze this stuff and go, oh yeah, maybe that's not the best use of Rey Mysterio. Oh yeah, that's maybe that's not the best use of, you know, insert, you know, mid card here. And we, you know, we've said similar about Matt Riddle. But if you don't give a fuck about any of these main roster WWE wrestlers, watching Brock just fucking murder them all. Watch Johnny yeah. but Johnny fucking Mundo come out and just get wiped out. <laughs> MVP make his big comeback and get wiped out. I just watch Brock dancing and cutting a jig and sweating fucking buckets and having the time of his life out there like honestly it was like one of my favorite half an hours of the year even though i'm watching it now and you know the critical thinking part of me would be like this fucking sucks but i can't care i can't care at that level to be bothered about yeah, i wouldn't i wouldn't take it out i think you, you overanalyze it if you get on that route because they're all geeks i yeah. didn't even know shelton benjamin was still with a company <laughs> She was genuinely shocked. I didn't know he was there. And then asked no the question idea. about how many people would recognise the Minnesota Wrecking Crew yeah. or anything like that. Um, but that guy, you know that weirdo sits in the front row with the like, army hat on and the weird green t-shirt with the goatee beard? Mm. He's in the front row like every show. Uh, he didn't know. He was like well confused with Shelton Benjamin and Heyman were hugging. I was like, front row every show, mate. Don't know your OVW though, do you? <laughs> it's a <laughs> joke on you, pal. I think he gets those tickets. Do you reckon he like... I, my, my theory is he buys like a second or third row ticket and then turns off and pays someone off. How does he get that same seat every time? Uh, got on have it in with the company or he's got that dirt on someone in the company. Uh, it's very yeah. weird, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah, that that first half at points sort of resembled a kind of wrestling version of "This Is Your Life" with Brock Lesnar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some classic feuds. Heyman with the belt is the big ha- red book. Exactly. And <laughs> where, where was that going? Aspel, you know, Michael Aspinall. Uh, Michael Aspel and <laughs> uh, Asp- Eamon Holmes, who neither of you. Eamon Holmes. Eamon Holmes. Not Eamon Holmes. Eamon. Oh, who oh was, I know you. I know the bloke you mean. Oh, I can't remember. I, I know you mean. Anyway. I, I've, I've watched. Um, like old, I've watched Bill Shankly's This Is Your Life before, and he was presenting it. I don't know why I've watched it, but he was presenting it. I know, I know you're talking about. I remember being a big fan as a kid. It's a good show. Eamon Andrews. That's it. Eamon Andrews. Eamon Andrews. But, but yeah, it was. It was kind of funny seeing him go through these kind of moments and then bring out people and you go, oh, Cesaro, I'll be shocked to be last a minute. Yep, gone. And it just sort of went. When but it was like, Elias, I was just, I was more annoyed because he just dragged on. Yeah, he had to watch Elias, and Elias is fucking. Yeah. Who finds that stuff funny? Who's like, oh, Elias, hilarious. Like, what's wrong with you? Ah, <laughs> uh, also, before the match, that Street Profits thing. What the fuck was that? Oh, that went on, didn't it? it was <laughs> that like- is one of the worst segments I've ever seen on any wrestling show ever. Imagine watching two people do that in front of you. Why would two lads... Just imagine what that would feel like. Why would two lads who aren't in the match be pleased to not be in the match, but be excited enough to do a rap based around the match the in no a re- single shot to an awkward camera and make themselves look like a couple of idiots? For no reason. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it made no reason. Awful. That's Absolutely how, awful. Mainly because that's how Vince McMahon books black people. I think that's kind of the answer. Oh, yeah. Sounds about right, isn't it? Well, his hero is Martin Luther King, but as we pretty much established last week, it's secretly Biff Tannen. (laughs) And, like, yeah, there's... Are they people... And it's funny, because I haven't read anything about this show, so I've got no idea of any kind of consensus around Mm. it. But, like... You you enjoyed it. Like, in terms of the Rumble match itself, it really did fall off a cliff once he'd gone, once Lesnar had gone. Lesnar was awesome and the match was laid out incredibly well the whole bit with Ray, Kofi 
um, Big e. and Big E was mm. was a really hot segment, and they got the most out of Lesnar. Lesnar worked and sold his ass off. Uh, they the Keith Lee Keith bit Lee, yeah. I thought was really good for the most part. You could have yeah. gone with Keith Lee rather than a guy who has been tainted by two years of fifty fifty yeah. booking and nothingness though. But hey, you know he's yeah. the chosen one I, I, eleven years ago. <laughs> I think the Keith Lee thing was great. wasn't perfect because it was kind of like, ah, oh, he got eliminated with Braun and Brock kind of managed to take them both out. And you kind of look and at they, it and you think... they'd set it up to be like that as well, hadn't they? Yeah, I, I wonder, like, would I rather have just, like, maybe Keith Lee not be in there? Like, Riddle especially, maybe just not be in there full stop. But I did think for the most part, I did think that, you know, they should... There's some credit there for, like, making Keith Lee look something of an equal to Brock. But I can't disagree. Like, I was having a fucking whale of a time watching it. Like, I've, I've seen people who love this rumble, like, Gareth absolutely raved about it uh, as a well put together rumble, um, but I think it's 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 supposed it's how you how much your mileage varies on like you know we'll always say WWE can't make people anymore, like I think the the counter argument I've heard people make like even though it's fucking Drew Galloway like that they that they're at least trying with somebody did they get any credit for that? Right, no, no, they don't <laughs> because what have they done? So did the crowd react big when he came out? No, oh, he's never. Been he wasn't really that. over. Never. They, he got cheered at the end because he eliminated Reigns, and, and they were did, shocked when he eliminated Lesnar. Yeah, and people didn't want Reigns to win it, and they got the Lesnar moment in there. But does this feel organic? To me, it doesn't feel organic in any way at all. You think about those organic Royal Rumble wins over the years, where it just feels like now is the time you capitalise him while mm-hmm. someone is hot. They've kind of lost all sight of how and when to do that. Mm. I can't remember the last time that happened. Think about Cena when he won the Rumble in 2008 and came back as a big surprise. That just felt right. It felt like a big, big moment. Think about when Randy Orton won it in 2009 and did the whole thing with Legacy. Yeah, Randy Orton sucks. But it worked at the time and was the right person to win it. Edge in 2010 his big comeback again. Not are you Nakamura. Yeah, I think Nakamura worked. But... You've had in the last few years, Randy Orton won another Rumble. You had Seth Rollins win it last year. You've had Sheamus win a Rumble in the last however many years. Like Del Rio as well. Like there's a lot of people they've just given a win to, but they've not really built to. Think of when Batista won that Rumble. Wrong guy. Should have been Brian. Think about the first one Reigns won. Should have been Brian again. They've lost sight of when to capitalise when someone is hot and when to naturally go with someone. They've lost all ability to push someone organically and to see that someone's getting over and to see that someone's a star. So instead they've gone on the guy who's been on the main roster for two years and has done 50-50 and has lost random matches on Raw at times and hasn't been promoted or pushed as a star in any way at all. But for one night they've just gone star. And that's the problem I have with it. And once Lesnar went, the match fell into just this kind of weird pattern where it just became another rumble. And it didn't feel special anymore. All right, you got the Edge moment. I love Edge. I've been a massive Edge fan over the years. But, oh, I'll, go into why, mm. but I'll go into why I think the whole Edge thing being in there for so long was a problem in a minute. But you just turn it into like this WWE match, basically. You've got all your main card Raw guys in there. You had Owens and Joe in there for a bit. You get Rollins and his new crew. You've got Reigns in there as well. Ziggler. Or- Orton, Ziggler. It just sounds boring, doesn't it? Like, none of these guys are hot. None of these guys feel like stars anymore because they've all been uh, they've all been overexposed. They've all done 50-50 shite forever. And they've all been around for 
years. You get all the cliched spots. Hey, let's pretend to do the shield fist pump. Yeah, we were once in the shield. Yeah, I know. You've done this a million times since you've split up. I don't watch this company ever, but I've seen this a million times somehow. Yeah. So it just turns into this kind of series of cliches. Oh, we were once in Rated RKO. Didn't I call that straight yeah. away? I said, Randy Orton will be out in a minute, and they're going to do Rated RKO spots <laughs> for the match, and it'll end with one of them eliminating the other one. What a surprise. JP channeled Corbin eliminating Riddle. There were several other bits, weren't there, that we channeled during the Keith Lee Strowman. Yeah, stuff. yeah, we saw that the double elimination coming, didn't we? And then I think we were guessing the Galloway stuff with Reigns as yeah, well. They're out of fresh yeah. ideas. They fall into a series of rumble cliches now every single year. And it's a real shame. And I honestly think they need to get people backstage who can bring some fresh ideas to these rumble matches. You know what? These are people backstage who can bring fresh ideas to the company because the company's fucked, completely fucked. It's boring. There's no, nothing of interest there because they don't push any people who are interesting in any way at all. Ah, oh, you just got you just get me going again. It just <laughs> it just sucks. It just absolutely sucks. Yeah, and we kind of, we just kind of just accept it, don't we? It's just become so. Like I tried to use that Premier League example before, but like name another mm-hmm. sport where the top level's been this bad for this long. It can't be. It's not possible. It's only WWE where this can this can kind of happen. Um, yeah, I mean, again, I had a good time, but I swear it's because it's just because I'm detached. Like, it's completely detached from it. It didn't. I was bothered by the be. riddle stuff, but I wasn't bothered to the level you guys are because it was kind of like this fucking company, typical. Um, but yeah, you need, like, I don't know. I don't think we can analyze, like, what the solution is, but I don't think there is a solution. This is just the company. They're going to get in their own way forever. They can do something like put Paul Heyman in charge of Raw, but, like, you might get the odd good thing. And like you know, most a lot of the time, a lot of the good just gets credited to him, and you know they don't. People don't talk about the bad as well of, of mm. his, some of his booking style. But you can even do something like that. Nothing's gonna change. Like until you say Joe all the time. Like until Vince dies, until he moves aside entirely. Like this is always gonna be the mess that this company is. Because like yeah, again, there, there could be great moments in a match, and they can do certain things right and and highly entertaining moment. But as far as actually caring or being invested in this product i think that ship sailed for me about 10 years ago um and it's hard to just get angry about it like even like like the edge stuff like i i'm not the i mean you should probably talk about this more than me because you're you're a bigger edge guy than me we talked on our last show i think about that that kind of period when he was on top was when i was most detached from wwe um but even that like you say it looks it looks like from the tease they did, and like you said, uh, it seemed obvious they were going to go in the rated RKO direction. I believe that's the match. I think that's where they're headed. A singles match between them two. Like, and what does that achieve? Honestly, like, yeah. You you mentioned there, Joe, about Edge being in the match for a long time. Was that a, a critique for you as well? Yeah, because I think they brought him in too early. They could have brought him in a bit later. He looked blown up. Um, I like old the older Edge look. He looks like a grizzled kind of. Uh, hmm guy who's in like an old metal band or yeah, something he looks better than he did when he left he didn't look great at the very end did he when he got off the steads yeah yeah he's looking good mm. um and i thought he is stuffed reasonably well understandable that he was knackered but i thought they put him in too early and the argument that edge should be winning like no that sets you back even further and at one point mm. i thought he was gonna win and i get why you'd give him a little bit of a push in there but you can get to the Edge feud for WrestleMania without having Edge in there right at the end mm. and giving him that like kind of extra big push. You can get him out of there a little bit earlier and establish the feud 
and then do an angle for the feud kind of in the match. Mm. Whereas I think they're so obsessed with their past and they can't, Vince cannot move on from what has gone before because he fundamentally can't trust any of these newer guys. And there would have been a time where he wouldn't have trusted Edge because Edge probably wouldn't have been Ironically, the cause of all of this distrust that he has with a lot of top wrestlers always seems to come down to Lesnar of all people. Yeah, what he did, I always think from that moment there on, he never, unless he could absolutely control him, especially when Rock left as well to do films, it was the idea that there was a kind of, in his mind, I can imagine he saw it as a betrayal. But that's he's a fuckwit, so you would see it that way. Yeah, he's a fuckwit who says fuckwit things at people's funerals. Why was he even speaking at <sighs> Rocky Johnson's funeral? What did, like, what did I was do? like, what? He strutted up. Remember, this is someone's funeral. Strutted up, said that the minister, which was apparently Billy Graham, was going on too long. I assume superstar Billy Graham. Wasn't it Billy Graham as the minister at Eddie Guerrero's funeral? Right. Yeah. Was he the minister at this one as well? He was the minister at this one. Oh, right. And Vince had made a joke. They said at the very start of it that the minister had gone on for too long. Basically cut a kind of promo, said that he uh, the best thing he'd ever done was to have kids with um, Rock's, Rock's mum. who He said this in front of Rocky Johnson's second wife, um, oh who was there, there as well. Oh and then God. just left. Like, just basically walked off and left. Fucking hell. That is like, now, think of somebody, you know, for anyone who's not convinced that Vince is a mentalist, just have <laughs> a think about if someone behaved like that at a funeral and it was someone in their 70s, you'd be fearing the worst. Imagine if this mentalist was in charge of your career. Well, that's it. And John how- Moxley said it all, didn't he, about the kind of, you're kind of screaming into the abyss. Oh, mate, I can't wait for Riddle to let his contract expire. Get back over here. We can get around the back of a pub in Preston again. <laughs> and let's just make sure no, no twats interfere and interrupt yeah. our com- our own personal shoot interview with Riddle. Because <laughs> they, they, the, they were the best chats I've ever had with a wrestler ever. And you can tell the chats at the merch table that the Chris Brooks fans love. Obviously, the Riddle chats around the back of the Dundee arms have rubbed off on me and had a very similar effect. But he would just kick off and talk the truth. Imagine the shit he's going to tell us about Vince oh. if he ever comes back. It's going to be brilliant. <laughs> he's basically having the same career as like Rob Van Dam because that's what Rob Van Dam was like when we met him, and he was just telling yeah. us how like Triple H was a fucking big nose prick and was making fun of him and Sabu smoking weed, and he was like that when he was in WWE. And Riddle seems to have that same energy. Like like I said, almost starting fights with Goldberg, almost starting fights with Brock backstage. What happened with Lesnar? Apparently, they passed each other in the hall, and Lesnar because he he keeps saying, doesn't he? He's going to be the man to retire Lesnar, and apparently the story he fucking is, should be. Yeah, apparently the story took writes itself. <laughs> I think he, he said before he doesn't think Lesnar knows who he is, but apparently Lesnar started on him a little bit. I think that's that's the limited reports that have come out. So it could be a work. It could be a you know like a Heyman kind of thing. But I don't know. I think everyone expecting that that kind of got blown out of the water when he did come into the Rumble after Brock was already gone and got thrown out by fucking Baron Corbin. Ugh. Going back to the uh, Edge thing, though, like Edge should be faced, if you ask me, a guy on the up and up, a younger guy. There could be a storyline that writes itself about a guy who looked up to Edge or faced a guy that wasn't really around when Edge has been away. Daniel Bryan. There you go. There's oh, there a match that makes sense. You'd have a great match with him. You've got Daniel Bryan to get Edge through the match if he's a bit unsure of himself. He's not wrestled at that sort of stage in a long time. It makes complete sense. Instead, you're going to get a boring match with Randy Orton. They never had good matches together. 
they never had much chemistry in singles matches. I remember being really disappointed. There's a match for about 2010 that I recommend digging out. And I think Orton's doing is he only pounds the mat yeah. when he's getting ready for the arc. The Viper strikes all that rubbish. The Viper is slivering. He's doing that. Yeah. And he, he busts his wrist while he's doing it. And I remember the match falls apart and then Edge fucks up and ends up with a concussion or something. Their matches were always rubbish together. So Edge, after not wrestling for 10 years, and Randy Orton when he's more boring than ever, is this match going to be good? No. Mm. Is this match going to get people interested? Mm. Mm. How, how many years I'm ago was interested. it? I'm not And I'm a massive Edge fan. How many years ago was it, like we mentioned earlier, when they brought Batista back and then went that route? Was that five years ago? Six years ago now? Oh, yeah. Six years yeah. ago, Making yeah. the same mistakes six years later. And then, even then, it was like an outdated idea. Nobody gave a fuck about seeing Batista and Randy Orton again. And obviously everyone showed it. We ended up getting the Daniel Bryan story. Like, that just shows you... Like the time warp we're in and how little attention they pay to when things go wrong like that. Because mm. six years later, oh yeah, main event. Well, not a main event, but a top match at WrestleMania. Let's throw Randy in there. Let's do that. Everyone remembers Rated RKO. Let's go back to what people remember. Like that's just them all over us. We've, we've spent 20 years living in this time warp. We shouldn't be surprised anymore. Do you know what the WWE needs? And I say this as a Labour member. The WWE needs, and I don't like the man on any level, and I fear what he's going to do, but the WWE needs fundamental change from a Dominic Cummings-like figure who (laughs) wants to break the system. They honestly need someone to go in there and break this fucking system and just rejig it completely from the ground up because the company are broken. They're broken and they've got no idea. It's like they live in hand-to-mouth every day and firefighting, every TV taping, every pay-per-view. There's no long-term planning. There's no long-term thinking. They get their little jollies and their little kicks out of, uh, you know, trolling the internet fans, which is an outdated term in itself, um, and laughing at the likes of us. We're coming on this podcast and getting angry, but, but, you know, our internet darlings, another outdated term. Uh, getting a uh, burying and all the rest of it. You keep noise down while you want my mum up. So yeah, because you know, we're yeah. in her basement at the minute, aren't we? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Because the internet you know, banging. They still exist. In, I mean, you know, you even see about this stuff even down to an independent level. This idea of the kind of internet market. Yeah. Being angry about it as well. But sorry, I've interrupted you. No, they just need they need to fundamental change. Well, the system has to break, and the system is broken, and someone's got to go in there break it even more and just rejig and have a year zero moment. But it's I, never going to happen. I often wonder which out of us three have they lost the most. And at times I'm kind of convinced it's me. Like I, I like I just struggle to watch any aspect of it. And it probably alternates between all three of us at various points, depending on our mm. moods. But I've part of the reason is I'm so detached is the kind of crying wolf for a long time which is exactly what they've done, the bait and switch, and where you think this is what they're going to give me, and it's like, no, that's not going to be the case. And I kind of come away from looking at this at this card, looking at where Mania is. If I didn't, you know, I'll end up watching Mania for this podcast, and that would be... I'm not watching the I whole show. I, Fuck I actually do wonder whether or not I watch the whole show. This year's one, like, given what they're already setting up as well, it's like, this is why you've lost me. Like this type of stuff. Sorry, I've got it, you know, 
very negative mm. about this on the whole. The, the entire, about fields. Mate, the entire company is negative. Yeah. It's out. Sorry, I've interrupted. Carry no, no, on. no. I was going to say only the highlight was the night before and good wrestling, which we'll get on to a bit. But even then, it didn't have any stakes. So it didn't really mean anything. So overall, after this weekend, like if I was down on WWE before, it's like, yep, I've made a good option by just not watching and not investing time spending watching their product. Yeah, and it's like a race, it's a race to the bottom as well, isn't it? Because the amount of people yep. who have that same story, and the you know the tumbling TV ratings and just general interest, and they they're the ones who open. Make no mistake, they're the ones that open them open themselves up to an AEW competitor coming in, and you know if AEW get their act together in all ways, and they could you know at some point they could even threaten WWE. I think just because WWE have just driven off so many people like us like even people mm-hmm. like us who do a do a wrestling podcast and we're like well i'm not what fuck am i fuck watching raw and then it goes to well am i fuck watching every pay-per-view every month and then it goes to even the big four pay-per-views it's like uh, yeah. uh, oh yeah gonna- i'll sum it up for you i was chatting to uh, my brother yesterday and like we used to get together for every every rumble for years we'd mm. like go out of our way um i, I remember I remember having cheeky, not on my current job, I remember having cheeky sick days at work. So I could go and like meet up with him and another mate of mine and watch Rumbles together. It was like a big event for us. My brother didn't even watch it this year. And like, if they've lost like one of us, that's like, like major. Considering... Mate, how many people who haven't got nearly as, as much investment about how many they would have driven mate, away. This is, this is like someone just going, you know what? I loved Christmas once, but fuck celebrating Christmas. I'm not doing that anymore. I used to say the rumble was like Christmas Eve and mania was like Christmas day. That was how I viewed it. Fucking hell. Christmas got depressing, didn't it? <laughs> Honestly, it's like an EastEnders Christmas. I was going to say like, we're at the point with that kind of Christmas. We're talking a, um, Little Mo and uh, Trevor and Trevor yeah. abusive style, relationship style Christmas, yeah. But oh, those people are still completely locked in because I cancelled my three month subscription tonight oh, after uh, this show on there as you, well. Do you get yours for Takeover as well, uh, JP? I need to remember yep. to cancel mine too. Yeah, got it. So anyone who has forgotten, don't feel <laughs> afraid to cancel it. You're not going to be missing much next month. Yeah, those They'll are say an well. elimination chamber. Imagine what it'll be like in your head, and that's pretty much what it'll be. Yeah, I mean, I was... especially with the finish, you don't want. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, and, and again, I can't imagine we'll be reviewing that in much detail on this podcast. I'll, no. I think of the three of us, I'm still the one who'll throw it on, like, but it'll be like background viewing. I'm not that arsed, and I'll mm. and I'll laugh at the funny bits, and and I think you know, I must feel as the high man on this match. Like, if we were going grapple ratings, like, I'm I'm pretty sure it's hard to rate a rumble, isn't it, as a match? I'm pretty sure I'd be the high man of the three of us, maybe. Three and a half, three point seven five. I went three and a half. Yeah, I went three and a half. Because the first half was really the first half. If I'm rating the first half, I'm going like four point two five, four and a half possibly. Oh, was if that it good? kept that if it kept that pace, like yeah, this is on for an all time great rumble. Yeah. Well, have a fascinating character at the centre of all of it, yeah. didn't it? Yeah. Doing like old school brawling big man shit that I don't get to see much anymore in WWE or really in wrestling. That was good. Oh, Unpredictable, yeah, get isn't it? it? Because everything, everything else yeah. in WWE is so patterned and everyone's offense is just the same. Brock is different, isn't he? Brock is like an uncontrollable monster and you genuinely watch him not 100% certain how he's going to react to a certain situation. Uh, it kind of speaks to, again, that Vince McMahon alpha male attitude, like he's the only man who's allowed to be like that. But it is a lot more interesting. And I would say, like, 
you know, because I'm the high one on the match, like, I, I I think it's worth saying, I do think, like, the the structure of it and the way they laid out some of the big moments was good. And I think if I gave a fuck about Drew McIntyre, I could maybe passionately, yeah. you know, go give the counterpoints. Who counter gives a fuck about Drew McIntyre? I know. I don't a, think a anyone does. wrestling fans in Scotland. <laughs> and Scotland produces some of the worst wrestlers in the world. Like Dave Meltz has been kicking off about Joe Coffey taking oh, shots at him and his podcast gives again me this life. week. And like every time he does it, it brings me great joy because yeah. I'm like, yes, Dave, yeah. you never do this. But Joe Coffey has really struck a chord with Dave Meltzer. So uh, who cares about? Like I Dave, like Drew McIntyre. I don't think he's yeah. bad. I liked his indie run. I thought he mm -hmm. was really good. I always thought he was quite under-pushed at points. Unfortunately, he was pushed way too early in 2009 as the chosen one, and he wasn't ready to go. Oh. But unfortunately, at this point in time, after two years of 50-50 booking, is he ready to be in this position? No. I always think, think about the JBL push. I'm a brawler who drinks beer. A month later, oh, I've been like... Uh, oligarch <laughs> and like I'm a banker on Wall Street who drives around in limos yeah. and wears a like what eh I remember that just pissed me off when I was 17 and you know at 33 I'm still getting pissed off ah oh, what why am I pissed off <laughs> yeah why do we care let's look at it <laughs> Because they have a lot of the they have a lot of wrestlers who we would have been following from the you know from twenty odd years ago and and whatnot who they who they have and then you see them misuse them. I think I suppose almost universally. Yeah, you got to think as well. I listened to Will Osprey on Colt Cabana's uh, comeback mm. podcast this week. Really good episode. And Osprey's talking about when he was given a offered a WWE contract when New Japan came in and apparently Regal got pissed off of him. And I'm thinking. I can fucking grow up. Why are you pissed off? Like, and then Osprey's talking about like what he's done in New Japan and where he might have ended up in WWE. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, you're exactly right. And the reason I suppose that I get a bit annoyed still, and I shouldn't care, is because ultimately you want the industry leader to be a destination for the most talented wrestlers that you want to prosper, and you want the health and the life of wrestling to be good as a yeah. wrestling fan. And unfortunately, WWE don't have any respect for wrestling or for wrestlers. They or have, wrestling fans. Yeah, they have respect for the idiotic bureaucrats that sit at the top of the fucking chain in WWE and have an outmoded, outdated attitude that died many, many years ago. Um, and yeah, wrestling is not, uh, well, the industry leader is not in a good, in a, a good point and it's not really a destination for guys to go and really make themselves and get to a decent position anymore because of the kind of tears that exist in WWE on its own. And it's a shame. It's it a real shame. And I, I don't think to that point, like I don't want to give your hand away too much because there's more Rumble match and Rumble show in general stuff to talk about first. But like to that point, like this weekend, the amount of people, and I tried to stay quiet the night it happened, who were like excited and happy that Jordan Devlin has won the WWE mm. 205 Live Cruiserweight title. I know it's on Ooh. NXT now and it's not 205. Oh, genuinely, a lot of the Irish, a lot of people in general, him himself, you know, the mark pick with Triple H get posted and oh, talk about it God. being a big moment in his career. And it's like, to me, like, Jordan Devlin, like, that for somebody as good as Jordan Devlin winning the WWE Cruiserweight title, the fucking Enzo Amore title, like, mm. isn't an achievement. 
And even if you can say it is, his achievements should he should he should be doing so much better things considering how good he is. And I get the count. Some people have been kind of going, yeah, but you know, it might be a route to getting him on NXT TV and stuff. And if that happens, great. You know, maybe you know, maybe it's it's the overall good. But it feels like to me such a dated like thing to be like, oh, great, one of our guys got a got a WWE belt, like you say, the, the supposedly the industry leader, that's supposedly a big a big moment in, in somebody's career, but for me, the reality just is, it's not, I expect better for somebody as good as a Jordan Devlin. Mate, when the likes of CM Punk and Daniel Bryan winning world titles, that's a genuine moment of excitement. Jordan Devlin and Indy Darling, the same way they were, has just won the 205 live title. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like winning the auto windscreen shield, or better yet, the fucking <laughs> FA Vars. I tell you, know, the FA Vars the, non- the two auto windscreen yeah. finals. Uh, yeah, right. so as I went to Bournemouth Grimsby in 1998, Grimsby won Golden Goal, was gutted. My, <laughs> one of my best mates at Bournemouth. Fan. And the Southampton one, wasn't it? Um, Saints. Oh no, I was at WrestleMania 26 the day we played in the um, Johnson's Paint Trophy final, and I couldn't find a place that was showing the Johnson's Paint Trophy in uh, in Phoenix, Arizona. Unfortunately, in 2000. These days, you're going to be watching a stream of it on your phone while at Mania 26. I was having a look around on my laptop. Couldn't find any sort of stream either. It was. I was a bit gutted to be honest with you. But, and I went to every other game at home in that in that. Um, run to the final as well and it was great we beat Norwich on penalties and Papa Wago scored the winning penalty that was awesome yeah, yeah. anyway uh, <laughs> well, good times <laughs> WWE was quite good then as well or <laughs> I was enjoying it more at least but what was I saying before well, yeah the Jordan Devlin thing is just calm down yeah. I'll be honest when he won the bell I laughed and then I thought to myself oh god David Starr used this for material. Just rip the shit out of him for he winning did. the two oh oh brilliant. And I'm hoping we get promos where he tears into him for being the two oh five live champ and you know, performance of crowds that are leaving arenas. And I also hope he spits, takes a shit, maybe throws up, makes himself sick on the belt, <laughs> just does all sorts of all sorts of shit as a piss. Get, <laughs> Rubs his cock on it, does a page on the belt as well, possibly. Like, <laughs> just trees with the disrespect it deserves. Just material for David Starr was my initial thought when he yeah. won the belt. Yeah, I mean, again, if it winds up with him having bangers on NXT every week, that's that's one thing, that, isn't it, JP? Yeah. I, I look at it as if he holds the belt for more than a month and it's a case where he's going to be working full-time in the States and you kind of think, well, maybe that will lead to stuff that's good for him and, and more exposure. Um, you'd sooner see that than him not being anywhere necessarily at all. Mm. Um, I've got some other thoughts about the kind of purpose of that show. and, and we'll, go to that. we'll get to that, JP. Yeah, yeah. And some of the other things on that. But yeah, it's the idea in terms of belts. Nakamura came out tonight and I was like, oh, he's champion of what is he? What's is the he, belt? What's new belt? Which my son, who was watching it while simultaneously watching Bournemouth Arsenal in the FA Cup, was like, asked the Intercontinental belt, and I was like, not a fucking clue. <laughs> not a clue. And that's where I'm at with it. Like, yeah. if belts don't m- mean anything necessarily within the company itself, like, it's difficult. And seeing what, like, Bray Wyatt's belt is like, which oh, I Joe saw for the first God. time tonight. Uh, you watched that full thing then? Like, that, that was going to be my next day thing. Honestly, right. I, will, I would both say it was the best Bray Wyatt match I've ever seen. And it was also one of the it worst Daniel shit. Bryan matches I've ever seen. No, you know, yeah. it's like Daniel Bryan dragging Bray Wyatt to a 2.75 star match. Like, that's that's the most praise I can heap on it. Yeah. Purely Bryan. 
Uh, when was the crowd excited? Oh, when he was on offense, the crowd were dead. Yeah. The he crowd don't deaf. like Bray Wyatt. They like an entrance, but there's a lot of these WWE fans, IQ, probably a lot of Trump supporters in there as well. See them hats there, the Royal Rumble hats. Yeah. Look like they're great, uh, make oh, America great again hats. Is that what they wear? Yeah. I wondered that. I saw someone in the front row with one. Yeah, 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 but I'm yeah. There's just a lot of idiots in those crowds a lot of the time. You look at them front rows and you just think, "Fuck me." <laughs> I, I'm all, I know I'm a horrible person when I'm talking about this stuff, but it's it's true. We all know it's true. Let's be honest here. Because they just die, but I just don't think they realise that they're actually really like him that much because he just sucks he just absolutely sucks sucks the air out of an arena once he starts wrestling and he's very bad at wrestling and luckily he was in there with does one of the greatest does he do wrestling moves I don't know what the fuck he does mate he punch <laughs> kicks and he hits people with a belt that's what I <laughs> he does saw. makes weird noises does a walk yeah. out of the exorcist he's been doing for years that never gets any reaction it makes no sense it doesn't anymore. lead anywhere in a match ever and makes no sense in a match. But whoa, isn't he freaky? Whoa, yeah. Wouldn't it have been a great spot for Daniel Bryan to just launch a drop kick into him when he was like that, like when he's prone in that position, just to kill that spot once and for all. That could be the WrestleMania moment, JP. That's what we're building to. Oh. They're doing that at WrestleMania. No, I don't think. What is it? Bray and Roman? Is it? Is that what they're going towards? Yeah. Jesus Christ! <laughs> this is a card. Sounds beyond bad. It needs Shane McMahon fucking stats <laughs> to really save the day here. I'd have been up for Shane coming back in the Rumble. Shane winning the Rumble would have brightened my day up. Sh- Shane and Brock. How good would that have been? <laughs> Shane's the Beast Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but yeah, on the, on the break thing, it's like, Please at least there wasn't off. the red light. <laughs> at least there wasn't the red light. At yep. least, like, like I said, like, the Meltzer was um, arguing with people about, like, and he was talking about it on his podcast today as well, about, because people talk about Brian as the best in the world, and is he's pretty adamant that anyone who says that only watches WWE. But I would take counterpoint to that. What, although Daniel Bryan's not having, like, the... The, the volume matches of, like, an Okada or someone who's able to outside the WWE. And it's his own fucking fault. Like, considering yeah. he can do this with a Bray Wyatt, I, th- I still think there's a shout there for, for Brian being one of the best in the world. Like, ugh, it's, On it's, his day, with the right opponent, there's no doubt, if you uh, ask me. Look, look what we got at Kofi Kingston. We spoke about it on that episode a couple of weeks ago. We yeah. did. He's got the tools. That he can mm. go, but he's never allowed to. I'm, they I'm, don't... I'm, the problem is, they don't know how to... Mm get the best out of their talent they oh. don't know how to focus on their strengths and they're obsessed with like these kind of pattern matches yeah, yeah. where these moments have to be put in like certain places in matches yeah and it has to feel a certain way to get a certain reaction at a certain point and i've noticed they've become obsessed with these sort of like semi-epic moments where both guys sort of stop yeah and almost look at each other and they don't know how to the sort of like let the guys wrestle consistency. What I find is the matches feel completely agent driven. And I imagine the agents backstage getting off on what they've put together rather than the guys or the crowd getting off on what they are doing. It feels like it's it feels like the backstage and what the influence of the guys backstage yeah. are doing is far more important than what the guys out there are doing. And it feels a lot of the time like matches a justification of agents' jobs. Yeah. yeah. And that is yeah. the completely wrong way to think about this. Mm. And they don't know how to get the best out of Daniel Bryan. Um, it's amazing, isn't it? It's just amazing. Like, I, imagine, like, 
I could I could list off Joe. Imagine, but imagine Daniel Bryan in any like underscore like any situation other than WWE, any promotion. Yeah. If Daniel Bryan was in New Japan, better than this. Daniel Bryan AEW, better than this. Daniel Bryan in Ring of Honor, shite. Better than this. Daniel Bryan in TNA. Better than this. Mate, Triple Bry- A. Leisure, leisure centres, yeah. mate, in the bottom end of the country. Fucking Brit Indies. Even Progress. Rev Pro. Any, literally, any, is there a promotion where Bryan wouldn't be better than he is right now in WWE? Is there one? There isn't. That's how bad no. it is. That's how bad it is. Like, I want to uh, see him. Do, it's just, and it's all fault. wouldn't fit him. <laughs> there is that. He's woke, though. You know. Unless he decides to transition or so, but then he might be all right. <laughs> he's got that T-shirt, Joe. He's very woke. He's got the, uh, what, what is it? You buy a T-shirt, they plant a tree, something like that. That kind of fits. Uh, he's just like... He's, I'm all right with that. <laughs> it's a good, good idea, isn't it? But, like, yeah, honestly, put him in. And it's his own fuck. I said this, like, for me, like, honestly, and this is the truth, every time I watch a Daniel Bryan match these days, and it's not that often, the first thing I do is go to Google and Google when his contract's up. And I do it literally every time in the hope that it won't say autumn 2021 again. Every single time. Because that's a fucking long time. And it's his own fault. I still don't get it. When he re-signed to WWE, right when AEW was launching, right when he was like, you know, you could tell he was a big New Japan. He was praising Zack Sabre Jr. in interviews and stuff, who he claims is better than him, and I think Meltzer's took his word at that. He's not better than Zack Sabre Jr. I think put him in... Sorry, Zack Sabre Jr. is not better than him. You put him in You put him in, in the same spots as Zack Sabre Jr. I love Zack Sabre Jr., but I'd say Brian would be even better. Um, but he's that's got more variety to him. Yeah. Like yeah. His explosive stuff and the mm. way he can change the pace of a match um, is is beyond what Zack is able to do. Yeah. It's I, actually I, the presence. I love Different Zach. level of presence. Yeah, 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 yeah. agreed. I love Zack, but yeah, Brian's got something on Zack. Brian's got a star aura that Zack yes. doesn't have, if you ask me. And I'm not putting Zack down for that because he's got it in certain places. But yeah, Brian's got everything. Yeah, that's it. I, 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 um, again... I can get, I can, I can be mad about it, but it's like any of these WWE dudes. Who, what, what, what was their only Larkin? He was moaning about WWE and then resigned. At the end of the day, Brian signed this contract, and this is what he's in for. Yeah. And you know, all those people were hoping for big Brian dream matches in WWE the last couple of years. This is what we've got instead. We've got a few with the Fiend. What was he doing a few months ago? More shite with the Miz. Uh, yeah. This Why do you have these gimmick belts as well, though? Like, what is the obsession these days of like to sell them to the belt marks, isn't it? Yeah, I can yeah, imagine some some twats at Fright Fest being like six and a half grand for that belt. Fiend belt, man, really? Six, six and a half grand, yeah. When is that a few weeks ago? Fuck. Well, I suppose a lot of those blokes aren't going out very much, are they? So you know, <laughs> saving the old pennies. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Cents. Making friends. Six, have I ever cared? <laughs> no. You're very consistent, Joe. I appreciate that about you. That's true. <laughs> I respect um, Spe- Speaking of uh, getting ourselves cancelled, uh, what do you think of the Women's Rumble? <laughs> um, oh, I'll say for the Women's Rumble, went along at a consistent pace. Yeah. Um, I thought it was fine. I was uh, There were some good moments in there. I thought they did a good job of Bianca, Bianca Belair. They did, to be fair. Of it. Mm. I like her. She was over. Um, there were some good spots in there as well. Didn't mind the whole thing of Aaron Alexa Bliss. What I will say is the thing that's going to dominate my thoughts on this is the... Did you notice, sort of, it was kind of in the early stage of the match, number six, seven, and eight were three replica blondes with long blonde hair, hair extensions, a lot of makeup, pretty sure enhanced lips, and enhanced tits. You had Lana, followed by Liv Morgan, followed by Mandy Rose, 
right? So it just was kind of like an, this rumble was like an exercise in blonde women with fake tits. It's replicants. Yeah. To add to that, you had um, you had about five more. I noticed. Who else was in there? Who was blonde with fake Kelly tits? Kelly Kelly. Kelly Kelly. There was Carmella. her as well. There was uh, Carmella. Dana, Dana Brooke, Brooke as well. It was like what, what was it you said, JP, about this match? I'm trying to think now. So what about Vince? I'm trying to really think back on it oh, now. JP. I, think he, I think he remembers. He's just trying to censor. No, himself. seriously, I can't. Um, <laughs> you're gonna have to give me some clues. About Vince. Oh, <laughs> basically, it just seems to me like this women's rumble was his jazz mag. That he was making together. It was just basically this is the thing that he's going to be watching to himself on an evening. <laughs> because it had this whole creepy Vince vibe about a third of the rumble almost looked exactly the same. Like I'm not being funny. Like a third of the rumble. It was it was it was and that's I don't know we've picked off on a on a really silly point on that. But it, but it Vince kind dominates of, my thoughts not much any but of this. But the thing is, in those points, and this is the thing that I would say about this match, it just disappears. Like, a lot of that match kind of happened. I couldn't tell you really anything that happened. In terms of sort of big moments, not really any. Whereas at least with the men's rubble, rumble at the very yeah. start, there were these moments that are kind of sticking there. This one didn't have it. There was a point where I think I was getting dinner ready. And I thought Charlotte had, had gone at that point. Oh, 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 shit, this is interesting. And then it turned out she wasn't. It was like, all right, she's winning. And ultimately, and this is following on, even though we watched it before the men's rumble, but following on from what we've said about it, chance to really make Shayna Baszler there. And it's Charlotte Flair. Well, you can't have a... I'm just going to say it because I don't yeah. care. Yeah, yeah. It, I said this as well. Can't, can't have a lesbian who's not very attractive within the rumble. Yeah, in Vince's mind, you do wonder that. As horrible as yeah. that would be, see, he, this is not someone who gives a shit. Think about how that man's mind works. Do you think he wants Shayna in the Rumble? Do you think he understands what her appeal is, ultimately? Yeah. He, he probably kind of fancies Rousey and also understands that she's made fucking millions. So that's all right. But Shayna, ah, not for him. I mean, to be fair, they did give her like how I many? She got a, a bunch of eliminations. It got a strong yeah. moment. But what I do, does Charlotte win and achieve? I know it was a safe option, isn't it? It's the it's yeah. the tried and tested kind of bland option. That's Vince. It's like you know when you watch WrestleMania. I used to do bets. Like I used to do bets for Rumble. I didn't bother any any this year. But I used to do bets nah. for, for for Mania. And my bets would always be well, no matter what the writers' plans, no matter how high someone might be on a Shayna Baszler or you know, a Daniel Bryan or whoever, you know, going into WrestleMania season. WrestleMania day, it's all about Vince's whims. And I always, yeah. I'll always bet on Randy Orton. I'll bet on, like, Big Show or Kane, the big lads. Bet on the pretty woman with tits. When it comes down to it, it comes to that final decision. I do think there's to that, something to that. Vince is always um, going to go with his personal bias. He fucked up my accumulator one year by having M- Ryback lose to Mark Henry. I remember a lot of people being very yeah. angry that year. When Hundreds Ryback pounds, was on, like, the up and up. Yeah. You are. I had hundreds of pounds at stake there. I, I, that was same as me. Coupon Buster, I think I would have won about 250 something like that. Fucking Vince. That's why I hate it. But this is, but th- <laughs> I'd say, you know, and people would probably, you know, not like necessarily some of the things that we have said, but all of the, the kind of winners and the patterns that they have followed are the same patterns that have been in place for the entirety of the last decade and for a good portion of the decade before that. It's exactly the same criteria of who you pick a star. In Galloway's, in, sorry, in McIntyre's case, he also happens to be tall. There's that into the mix. 
and he's got a tan. He was the chosen one 11 years ago. Exactly. And, and it's the same in terms of, of Charlotte Flair. That's never something, you know, in terms of trying to get someone new, that isn't the case. And I think, you know, when they look, when, you know, and I'm very wary of going at the TV rating stuff, what's the demographic they're connecting with? 50 plus. Yeah. It's the whole thing is still based around nostalgia whilst completely at the same, all like what's what they've done in the past while completely being bemused that a new audience isn't liking. And it's like, no, because all you're really doing is appealing to that same audience again, who are getting older. If Matt Riddle wins the rumble, I'll be watching raw or I'll be watching his segments on raw. I'm not watching raw for that. Actually, I'll watch riddle. Segments. That's a step too far watching raw. Yeah. I'll never watch raw ever again. <laughs> But I'll watch Matt Riddle segments on the on the road to WrestleMania because I'd be excited because I'd be like, oh my god, are they going to do this? But what what am I saying? It's never going to happen, is it? Or it might no. happen in it might happen in 2030 when they realise that he's a star. This is a different <laughs> review, isn't it? If they put put Shayna over, or you know, even one of you know one of the other women over in the women, if put Bianca Belair over, and yeah. then put Riddle or Keith Lee or somebody I could get excited about over in the men's rumble. Um, but yeah, it's it. Honest, I, I would honestly say this. You is can't the, put over a potted and a lesbian, man. <laughs> Not in Vince McMahon's mind. And to that yeah. point, it just it becomes the honestly the least. Like even last year, I was more invested in this Rumble run. At least, at least Daniel Bryan and Kofi Kingston were starting to take shape, and that was a match I was into. I can't even picture what they could do for this WrestleMania that would make me excited coming out of this Rumble again. As the person who probably enjoyed the Rumble match the most. I enjoyed it as, as, you know, shit pizza. I'm not invested and excited for the road to WrestleMania like I would be no. literally any other year. And to get back onto the idea of the whole issue with time, what's the theme of this year's WrestleMania? Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> which really what's that about? Was, was, when was that? At its best in the early 2000s. Kelsa fucking pretty cool. I'm, I'm sure stuff. Triple H has just got around to watching it once he's got once he's uh, stopped watching the black and white cut of uh, of Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> now he's managed to go, make his way through that. Well, there's a new Terminator film last year for him to watch as well. Yeah, there really was, wasn't there? Now he's getting a couple of films a year. But yeah, that theme. I just assumed it was Tampa Bay. I don't, Tampa Bay Buccaneers is the only thing I can think with it. But pirates, whatever. But as a card. Like I don't, I don't even try and think too much about what bleak. they're going to go with. It's going to be, but bleak. it feels bleak. And any wrestlers I like are more likely to be placed into meaningless multi-person matches. Oh, anything more on the on the rumble then? Um, the That's other really bleak. Maybe? I'm assuming there are positive reviews out there about this, but <laughs> like, let's be fucking serious. There's stuff that I've not watched. Can I say as well my notes for the opening match? Oh, go on, so what's on the way the word this Rains morning? Corbin. Reigns Corbin. Two lines. That opener was absolute wank. Big dog this, king that, punch kick shite. <laughs> that was very, that was a that was the bad Paul Heyman. That was such a Paul Heyman match. Just big it was spots, wasn't it? Now. It was the like for any WWE wrestler who has ever has a go at like uh, you know when the gifts come out of Will Ospreay doing flips on the GCW weekend shows with fucking whoever he's in there with, uh, Alex Zane or whoever, and 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 your favourite WWE wrestlers have a go at these indie guys who don't know how to work. Like, just just play them a tape of this match. Like, there's nothing more spotty than a big WWE stunt show match. Oh. You want to talk about lack of story? Fuck me. Yeah, and I hated that. It was terrible. Yeah, it was awful. I went one star. 
Did you? Crap. Oh, by the way, what did you guys give the women's match? I went three. Uh, the women's rumble. Women's rumble, uh, sorry. 3.25. Okay. I, I went gentlemen's three. Uh, I enjoyed, they, they got a lot of the NXT girls in there. I enjoyed, you know what the three was for? For Beth Phoenix's theme. I'm a big fan of that. They played that. So oh, know, I am so, as well. Yeah, I, was, I was enjoying that because I loved the Beth Phoenix Santino thing years ago. I thought that was genuinely good. And then the Santina bit was just a bit shit and felt a bit yeah. dated. It wasn't the time, was it? In the past. And then the whole elimination thing was just like, that didn't really work. Yeah. The other, the other and it was a bit weird having Beth Phoenix as a commentator getting to the last person in the Rumble. But but she but looked quite good in but there. But she did, she yeah, did yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a good like, run in there. I think if she turned up in the ring tomorrow, she'd be one of the better women in there. Where was Sasha Banks? Injured, apparently, again. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, yeah, to be fair, like Beth Phoenix, like, I know I forget she's a, she's so forgettable on commentary. I almost forget she's there in the booth sometimes. I think I'd rather see her uh, in ring. It's like, another one on that note. Genuinely, lads, I had no idea Chelsea Green was in WWE. I honestly thought she was on AEW. With her. <laughs> I found that out this weekend. Like, I, oh, I, who did she eliminate? She eliminated someone, like, straight oh, away. Oh, Dakota Kai. Yeah, what the Who'd fuck have given that all about? the stuff from the night before, I thought... Came out, had a good degree of heat from the crowd, who some of whom would have seen what would have happened the night before. So, came out and then gone. Good new look as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Completely different. Like, real, felt like a bit of an edge. It certainly was working for her. Jerry Lawler had no clue she was, though. You what? Jerry Lawler had no clue she was, though. Yeah, but he probably doesn't fancy her, whereas he's got an abundance of blondes who look exactly the same as one yeah, another. Exactly. Um, as JP said, Blade Runner style replicants in there that him and Vince are probably perving over back, like, I don't know, when they talk to each other backstage. So he can just perv over Tony Storm. And as the commentator said when she came out, it's Tony time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, there's another blonde Vince was probably enjoying. Yeah, there. that's what I was saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas Dakota Kai like probably thinks it looks like a little girl, so not interested. Can't see him being a Tegan Knox fan either. No, I can't see him being into Bewitched somehow. <laughs> and I can't see him understanding why that worked as an entrance, but hey. Yeah, bit too current for Vince. Uh, <laughs> but there you go. Yeah, that's our Rumble review. As, as JP said, there might be a positive review out there for it somewhere you can, you can listen to. Chelsea but... Green, by the way? I know the name, but she, you know, she, like my knowledge of some of this She show. was on um, All In. Which is why I'm convinced yes. she's in that shitty AEW women's division. I only found out this weekend she wasn't. I don't want to define the women by who they're going out with, but I think she was going out with Zack Ryder, wasn't she? Wasn't that a whole thing? Didn't she do some of the spots in that match? Um, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of my only real She was with um, Robbie E, wasn't she? Isn't that Robbie he's E? Like, yeah, he's like no, the manager. No, I mean, Robbie E is Tony Khan, mate. That's Tony Khan. Tony Khan glasses. Oh, I get... Is that what they're going for? That's what Meltzer thinks. Like, people have pushed back on it because he has been doing this character a while, but I feel like the glasses, like, and the, and the hair, mm. I feel like they're going for it. That's what I think. I, I think there's something to that. Although, it uh, really goes in on that. You know what else he needs to come out with on the entrance, don't you? What's that? A big fucking St. Bernard. <laughs> <laughs> come out on there. It'll maybe only get a laugh from a few people, but... <laughs> Our audience will... Uh, will I don't know if Vince would find... Uh, yeah, wouldn't be for him, would it? No. No. But also, aren't, don't they do like anti-bullying campaigns? Oh, allegedly. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Interesting, that, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, well, the WWE talk doesn't end there, lads, because uh, for our sins, like we said, we watch two WWE shows this week. Can I make one last point? Oh, go on. I also watched, while I was doing some marking this morning... Um, I put it on the background while I was working. 
I thought, ah, this will pass 20 minutes. It was boring. Becky Lynch and Asuka. Oh, that's I like okay. Asuka. I haven't seen an Asuka match in years. I can't remember the last time I did. My God, they don't know how to get the best out of their wrestlers, do they? Becky Lynch is overrated, if you ask me. I agree. Um, I don't get the appeal. She's not that over during the course of the match. And it felt like a match that, again, had been agented to w- within an inch of its life. Um, they had all the epic style kind of spots where the crowd has to come to like a pause, but they're quiet anyway, so it doesn't really work. Then they get a bit confused. Then they kind of look at each other for a while. Then they do something again. Then they have a gimmicky spot with, what was it, like great Muta style green mist in this one. Then everything goes the other way. And then we have a big moment at the end where they kind of look at each other and show respect for one another. It was just cliched rubbish from a company that has no idea how to make anything feel fresh. And again, it was a match that felt like it was all about the agent patting himself on the back or herself on the back and not getting the best out of the two wrestlers involved. An absolutely forgettable match that just felt utterly pointless in the grand scheme of things and kind of achieved nothing. And really, if you want to, you want to port that review to when they do Becky Lynch versus Charlotte at WrestleMania, I imagine you'd be saying exactly the same things. I don't know, you know, I don't know if I'll watch it. I don't know if I can be bothered to watch Mania. If only to hear you get angry. You know? <laughs> well, I don't know if I will, though, because there's no one on there that I'm going to have any interest in by the sound of things in, like, a big match. If you had, like, Riddle Goldberg, I'm there. Mm. If you had Riddle Lesnar, I'm there. Keith Lee Lesnar, I'll watch. Drew McIntyre Lesnar? I couldn't give two shits. <laughs> Becky Lynch Charlotte? I've seen that match many times before, I think. Last Edge, 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 Randy Orton. I like Edge, but that's not getting me in. Roman Reigns, The Fiend. Yeah, why would I watch this? Yeah, it sounds terrible, doesn't it? What I'm trying it... to think of what else are they going to go with for this. CM Punk's big comeback. Let's be positive. Maybe that'll happen. I don't know if I'd even want to watch that, mate. I know. Well, what is what is this situation they can put him in? Seth... They've got to find. They've got to find a Daniel Bryan match. Seth Rollins is shite. His whole, like, coming in with this crew that he's got. Again, just looks unorganic. Just his heel, he is just shot. He's a rubbish heel. He's just not very good. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, there you go. There's analysis this, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I would describe it as the moment rumble. If you're into WWE moments, maybe you liked it. If you're into your your big Heyman matches, maybe you liked it. If you're into a bit terrible WWE editing, that's one thing we didn't mention that. Edge's big entrance, getting uh, them going straight to the crowd. First spear back in nine years and cut to the audience. If you're into that stuff, maybe watch it if you haven't already. But yeah, uh, I don't think uh, any of us are uh, raving about it on Grapple. Uh, I was looking at the Grapple ratings there. I think 3.75 is kind of the high point for that that men's rumble. Uh, the women's rumble's trending below three stars on it. There's not really uh, anything really that stands out. Corbin Reigns uh, average of 2.18. Uh, oh yeah, the women's rumble's 3.17 to be fair to them. Bailey Lacey Evans, 1.74. Forgot that match even happened. Brian match, I assume three none stars. of us are ever going back and watching that. Is that right? No. No chance. Becky Asker, 3.3. Men's Rumble, 3.78. Yeah. Again, for as good a time as I had watching it live, yeah, I can't really heartily recommend any of that, except for maybe the first half of that Rumble. But... Should we talk uh, Worlds Collide? We did uh, We did sit through that as well this weekend. Yeah. I turned off I turned off. Don't Fuck With Cats for this. I was literally in the middle of episode two. Oh, having a what's time that like? Life. 
Oh, it's a tough watch, mate, especially as an owner I, of a cat. It's, yeah, uh, I'm a shit. Like, all I've heard about is there's mutilated cats, and I'm like, I don't know if I want to watch this. Yeah, they, they try not to show it directly, but there's enough inference, and they show enough of the clips that it is a tough watch. But it's, it's, it's a genuinely fascinating documentary to the point where, yeah, I was halfway through episode two and I had to turn it off to watch the grand fucking battle between NXT UK and NXT for brand supremacy. Uh, Do you not fancy a double bill of that in Cats? <laughs> that could work. Cats, great film, you know, lots of uh, great CGI, human hands. Hey, drawing. <laughs> is that where it is now? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I won't be watching it. <laughs> it's the it's way God intended, hard coded with Korean subtitles. <laughs> nice. I mentioned to My you. My girlfriend walked out of cats half an hour. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> it did make the the cut of Astro of Joe, but yeah, we were talking about that night when we were about how I saw it and I'd seen it through a friend's uh, possible uh, certain uh, dodgy means of uh, maybe a BAFTA account in there somewhere. And we watched Good it. It was, like, it was like the early, early copy of the of the film, and it was like literally they've got human hands and trainers. And like the the faces are float <laughs> the faces are floating in and out of the uh, the cat suits. Like fuck me, is that a bad film? You should watch it just because of how terrible it is. Because it's literally on on my like my top films of all time and my star ratings. It is literally right now with Jumper, the joint worst rated film I've ever seen. Jumper, fucking with Jumper. Hayden Christensen. I hate that thing. Yeah, so much. yeah. Forgot yeah. about it. and Rachel Bilson from the OC. Oh, it's so fucking good. So. Summer directed by Doug Lyman, who's made a couple. Obviously, he made Swingers. the Born Identity. Swingers, yeah, and something else he made as well. Another kind of he made, um, oh, with uh, Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise. Oh, Live, Die, Repeat, or whatever. That's yeah, that well, that's an awesome. But I tell you, I've seen Jumper, and it is a sack of fucking shite, isn't it? Oh, it's so I've never seen it. Samuel Jackson, isn't it? I think. Is he? Yes, he plays like the bad guy, and there's like a tease at the end with like his. The, I think they were trying to set up like a generation film where you get loads of uh, jumper sequels. Didn't land for me, but yeah, it's literally the only film for me that's quite as bad as Cats. Uh, but I would say, yeah, you know, if you don't fuck with Cats, that's a documentary worth watching. Definitely, um, I would say Worlds Collide had good matches on it. There's plenty to pick apart from just just the general aesthetic of it and mm. what a lot of the things that were on this show meant or didn't mean. But yeah, I do kind of part of me wishes I just finished watching that. I'll tell you what, Ben, I watched American Pie for the first oh. of a bit of years before watching Worlds Collide. That's great laugh. Uh, mate, watching it through modern eyes, my God. <laughs> oh. is dated pretty bad. Very, oh, okay. um, attitude era, isn't it? Oh, oh, completely. Honestly, that is, a, that is a great way to sum it up. Like, it is problematic in like through modern eyes, to say the least. With 20 years of um, slut shaming and... Um, like, like cultural change, me yeah, too. Yeah, and like men being dickheads and sending dick pics and sending pics of women around on their phones that they've taken sort of unsolicited pictures of. That webcam scene plays in a very different way to how my innocent 13-year-old eyes first saw it when I watched it. I'll put it that way. Yeah, there's so much baggage that you've got in your head now when you watch that scene. But okay. it just it doesn't play how you saw it when you were a teenager. You make that put film that in 2020 and they're all going to jail. Everyone. Oh, mate, it's so weird because they're like getting so excited about what they're seeing on this webcam. You're just like, my God, has the world changed since here? You would, like, this is just odd. Yeah. Um, people are getting excited and someone's running from a ha- one house to another to a great Blink-182 song. 
um, <laughs> to watch someone stripping in his bedroom. Like the whole concept of it is weird in itself, but there were bits I still laughed at. Some of the acting, shocking, so bad. The Oz striker bloke, terrible. The the women's roles are so unbelievably like underwritten, one dimensional. <laughs> Honestly, the representation of women. It's like Vince. Questionable. Like, it's, Vince, it's Vince. Yeah. Let's hope he never watches it. Feels it. Like it. It feels like it's two horny guys in their early 20s who have recently come out of high school. Yeah. Like, thinking they know, like, you know, what life's about, but they really don't. But honestly, watching it back, I, I was thinking to myself, it kind of shaped so much of mine and, like, my friends and people I went to school's attitudes at the time towards relationships sex and women and it's like oh this was probably not the best film to do that no like (laughs) honestly i remember a mate of mine when i was on the way to my prom breaking out a load of condoms that he had in this one going tonight's the night lads and i was like (laughs) fuck off (laughs) like i knew by then that was a ridiculous thing to think but he still thought it but that his attitude was shaped for american pie on that because that's what it was all about the lads bonding you know losing their virginity on the same night and all the rest of it (laughs) it just comes across so badly now but there there were still bits of it i enjoyed i suppose but yeah I think if anyone, if your son watched it for the first time, JP, I don't think it would be too well. No, it wouldn't, would it? I'd be fascinated to see his viewpoint on it. Yeah. Dude, that's Great a social soundtrack, experiment. though. Oh, yeah. No, so I... you watch Don't Fuck With Cats in between watching WWE. <laughs> you watched American Pie. Well, I watched The JP. New Pope. First couple of episodes of that, that's cracking. Very different. Paolo Sorrentino. Good Catholic boy course you did. There's always a bit of Catholic angst around the place. Um, yeah, absolutely wild. And also watched Uncut Gems, which is great. Oh, I watched that this weekend. Yeah. It's on Netflix. That's a that's a great show. And yeah, I watched it before watching When Worlds Collide. That's the transition. Uh, uh, how was good P- New Pope? Oh, New Pope's great. But if you're not mad on Paolo Sorrentino. Have you seen, did you watch Young Pope, Benno? I was going to say, is it related to that? Is it? Is it like? Yes, a- it's it's a seek. I don't know if there'll be a third series at the end of it. it I don't ah. know if there's enough they'll do with it. But it's a, it's got John Malkovich and it's called the new. Oh, Pope. is it? Yes. Is Jude Law still in it? Yeah, Jude Law still in it as well. It's pretty much all of the same cast from the last. I'll give it one. a watch. Yeah, it's definitely worth watching. It's wild. Have you been to confession recently? No, I have not been to confession. Bad recently. Catholic. A terrible Catholic. <laughs> when was the last time you almost went to like a not like a lapsed Catholic in some way. <laughs> In many ways. Just like you being lapsed would be fun. Same thing. Well, exactly. You've got that church on the corner near you, near Everton's ground, Ben. <laughs> so no excuse, mate. I remember there used to be a And bloke. the social club to go in nearby for a quick point as well. There used to be a bloke that stood outside the Goodison where it was like, shame on you sinners. And he'd stand there with his big sign every time you walked past them. I remember as a kid just thinking, it's fucking nuts religion, isn't it? Um... <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, we, we can't go in depth, but in a word, yeah. Nuts. Do you know what oh, you were saying about what we watched, JP? You know what I watched yeah. before before I watched the Rumble? You know what my my, my volume was? I watched the Ice, the Iceland documentary series on Channel 5. That's a recommend for me. They're doing a series where they're following around Iceland workers. And oh. I'm like, <laughs> as they get new products in and they, you know, they test things and they interview the locals who are fuming because the change in the signs in Iceland from the classic red to like the more modern kind of like grey and dark red that they're doing. Oh, I tell you, you've never seen drama. Like, you know, The Sopranos is one thing as far as high drama goes, but if you want real high drama, 
watch the Iceland documentary series on Channel 5. It's uh, it's three episodes in, enthralling stuff. How did you get onto this? <laughs> One of your mates mentioned it. He was like, you, he's like, you like that shit on Channel 5, don't you? And I was like, oh, sometimes. He was like, watch it. You'll love it. And I'm a big Iceland fan, to be honest. I've been doing the vegan January. They've got loads of great options. I like it just mm. in general as a shop. It's very, it feels very 90s to me, Iceland, that it still exists. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm old enough to remember B-Jam which was like the Iceland predecessor, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's just people taking it all very seriously. And like the owner's son, who's like, a, he's basically a Partridge uh, slash Ricky Gervais type character. High recommend. Great like shop. the heir Great to the place. Iceland fortune. Oh yeah, yeah. His dad started from one shop and he turned it into the uh, the world beater it is today. Uh, yeah, you can see all the drama as they tried to put cheese in burgers uh, and things of that nature. Great stuff. Oh, like selling frozen version of that. Dave always tastes like fucking shite, yeah, those things. Read. Do you reckon they're full of a Heron Foods documentary? What? They didn't mention them. They were going on about their their their, their uh, competitors and stealing ideas from oldie and little. Like, does it, is it called something like Food Warehouse? That's like Iceland's new uh, big idea. They mentioned all of those guys. Didn't mention the other uh, Heron Foods lads. Didn't want to give them the exposure because I feel like they do a great job. <laughs> it's... It's like the war in the night, like not recognizing the other company. So <laughs> WWE wouldn't have recognized NWA or WCW. It's the other territory, isn't it? You can't exactly. find, we worked out, was it past Birmingham? There's no Heron Foods down That's south. Right. So, yeah, it's different part, different territory. It's basically New York down here. And Benno, you're in Atlanta in a weird <laughs> reversal of the country, aren't you? That's a territory area. There's an Iceland near here. It's shit, but it's just packed full of freezers, as far as I can But tell. that's Iceland's brand. Exactly. Though. That's. Which I thought that was the business model, Benno. Get get an open space, oh, fucking mate. a load of freezers, hope for the best. Watch basically. this documentary, JP, they're moving towards fresh food. they got a vegan range. They're very modern these days. They're doing it very 2020. Have they seen, have they been into an Iceland any time and just hung around? <laughs> I don't I don't know if that's going to connect. Yeah, I think I've that, been that... incredibly judgmental, but I was in there two days ago on Sunday. I went into the lads, and I think my eldest went, it's a bit bleak in here, and I was like, you're not wrong. Jellyfish <laughs> <laughs> that always stands out to me like Iceland. I don't know where this podcast goes, but Jesus. I don't know. We needed a break from the rumble. Yeah, <laughs> that shite company. Yeah. But then three litre bottles of Coke. Three fucking litres. Too litres. much. And if, you can't fit them in a fridge. Yeah, I know. You gotta put like a mega fridge to get that. <laughs> you hand, do, you? don't you? It's like not going me- American size fridge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've got no, you've got no um, drawer. It's gonna fit in. You've got no. There's no way that's going anywhere. That's it's a- going flat. Before you get through it. <laughs> yeah. As soon as you open it, yeah, you've got no chance of finishing that thing. Like you gotta be having like a party or something to finish that one off, aren't you? Or having a serious night on like the JD and Coke or something. And I can't say I've had a serious night on the JD and Coke in about three litres worth seven of JD. Years, so, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> I remember when I got, when we became obsessed with the wire and me and my mate started drinking Jameson and we didn't really know anything about whiskey. So we were mixing Jameson with Coke. And I was told that was like a mortal sin that Jimmy McNulty would not be happy about. So, yeah. I can, I think I've told you about this before, but this. There was a bank holiday weekend where I ended up, um, it was this, the final day of the uh, championship season and we had Royal Rumble on the um, PlayStation and basically... Dreamcast, wasn't it? Sorry, Royal Rumble? Dream, Dreamcast, but it had it on, um, it was basically just computer-based and we were playing drinking games to Morgan Spice Rum with that. We drank three bottles in an hour Fuck as goals me. went in. How many of you were there? 
there were three of us. I woke up in a bath. Apparently, someone put a crippler cross face on me at some stage like, as well, but I can't really remember. Was that like the most goals scored in the first half on a weekend ever? Well, it was combined with um, we each had a player that would come in into the Rumble match, and when they were thrown out, you also had to neck a shot. <laughs> it just went out of hand. And then if 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 there were certain teams that we had, and if there was a goal, if they scored a goal, then you could pick someone to drink. Basically, I don't know why I've gone on to this, but it just ended up absolutely annihilated. And it was a combination of those two things. So well, woke up in a bath, genuinely. Like it's not that the tap was wrong. I was just woke up there. And I was like, what had happened? Sounds like Partridge when he has that sleep after um, drinking with Simon Pegg and that bloke with the voice box. <laughs> oh yeah, with the Bailey. I woke up on the on the sick like this. I was <laughs> seven hours. Anyway. <laughs> Worlds really did collide when you played Royal Rumble, drank and looked at the championship at the same time, didn't they? And they also collided on Saturday, Benno. What a did, segue. Did, <laughs> did they? they? Did they? <laughs> Were they Worlds collide? This was hardly Iceland versus Harem Foods, lads. It was, yeah. Lads, Honestly, at first it was a dream, it was a vision. And then it became a reality and now it's our brand. So This should have been two brands under the same banner collide. <laughs> I, to be to be fair though, Joe, it was good to see Travis Banks come out of retirement. Uh, good to see you. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> see him get her back in the ring. You know, some positives. Yeah, it was fucking. It was like, oh, I do think like if you looked at it like hard nosed from a black and white grapple rater point of view, I would say top to bottom, and it was mainly good matches on the show. Would we yeah, agree on that? Yeah, fine show for what it was. Mm. But it's completely just, inconsequential in the scheme of things. Ilya Dragunov walking out. To that non, it wasn't even a non-reaction, was it? It was like a negative reaction. Like it was, I've never heard anything like it. It was like negative silence. I think that tells you everything you need to know about this fucking world's collide show. Also, Ilya coming out, he's announced as being from Moscow, not, Dres- <laughs> not Dresden. Like Dresden's maybe a bit too nuanced for WWE. It's Moscow. Yeah. Gotta be one of the Russians, one of those Reds. Like again, what what era are we living yeah. in in their minds? Again, in his head, Rambo Three is a contemporary film, isn't it? So <laughs> Rambo Three, Jesus, what awful, yeah, awful, awful film, film that awful. is. Um, yeah, I, can I just make a point as well about how I started watching this show post American Pie? So I turned it off and I turned it on at eleven fifty nine. Mistake. I saw about thirty seconds of the pre-show. <laughs> And instantly, it just put me in a bad mood. Sam Roberts compared um, the worlds colliding tonight to the Marvel Universe colliding. What? What As as someone who, you know, is all right in analogy, I've had a few over the years. (laughs) Fucking awful. Like, what? (laughs) Okay. Is Is that what really is happening here? Or is it just some guys who just sit under the same banner are told they're facing each other tonight, so that's what's happening. Absolutely terrible. Then, what I'm pretty sure was a Sean Ryan-produced video started, and I'm going to say this, Sean Ryan's work is something to be admired, and he does some fine stuff. Oh, this was bad. Straight away, it put me in a bad mood. I heard the opening of Churchill's We'll Fight Them on the Beaches speech, and I'm like, right, okay, The context of this speech regarding wrestling and regarding this wrestling show, where there really are no stakes, is a bit tone deaf. Consider the stakes of when that speech was cut and what it was cut regarding. 
And also, consider the fact you're showing lots of footage of, say, Walter and Axel Dieter Jr. and Alexander Wolfe. And contextually think about what that might mean yeah. when it's over a speech from the, from the leader of the Alliance in the Second World War. Again, a little bit tone deaf and also makes out that this is a far more important event than it is. And then I've got to say, I start thinking to myself, this is just out of place completely and it doesn't belong here. And it's a stupid wrestling show that doesn't mean anything. Where you're using this speech that seems like this really meaningful, iconic, legendary, well-remembered speech. And then it instantly made me think of what's happening on Friday when we're leaving the fucking EU. (laughs) And then it reminded me of this Brexit festival shite that I keep hearing stuff about. And Weatherspoons slashing drinks to half price for the night and holding a great occasion. And the Big Ben bonging and uh, the Union Jack being, uh, being projected onto the Thames and onto Big Ben. I'm thinking, oh, fucking hell. This has put me in a bad mood, isn't it? It's like when Mark Kermode was at a festival once and he saw a pirate flag and it reminded him of the Pirates of the Caribbean and he said it ruined the entire festival for him because it just put him in a bad mood because <laughs> he just thought of the Pirates of the Caribbean. It put me in a bad mood instantly because I was like, these fucking Brexiteers. And also, this speech does not belong here. Then the next day, I was thinking about that speech and when I was absolutely pounding the treadmill at the gym yesterday... I thought to myself, you know what I'm going to listen to? I'm going to listen to Iron Maiden. I'm going to listen to Live After Death, one of the greatest live albums of all time, <laughs> recorded in 1984 at Long Beach Arena, where they come on stage to that Churchill speech, and they go into the classic Aces High, a song about war, about the Second World War, about the situation that is being alluded to in that speech. You're like, yeah, this fits. A band singing about war heavy metal band, hot crowd, kind of means something contextually. Honestly, I was like, right, this is where this belongs. And it even, it represented just how tone deaf using that speech was at the beginning of that show. I'm probably the only person in the world who had a problem with it, but fucking hell did it feel out of place and stupid. Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah. I didn't like it either, Ben. I don't know yeah. about you. You're not alone. I think that was the, the it was just Churchill Really? Like, that was... Uh, kind of yeah. And, and especially right. these days, it doesn't have, like... I mean, there may be American listeners who may be not quite old people who are not from the UK. These days, it just tends to be linked to with jingoistic bollocks all the time. And I can't think of, like, a problematic Austrian you could compare Walter to in those videos, no? Oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Really silly. Yeah, really yeah. bad. And that's just them all over it. It is... It's tone deaf, and it's just a lack of kind of just humility or a lack of just realization of the the situation yeah I, I mean i get it they want to try and sell us as important you know this this show that first happened in a, in a dark corner of access instead we got it in a dark arena where i'd love to know the attendance like did any did anyone like it looked like it was floor seats and that was it i don't think anyone's four thousand has it I been reckon. reported has it oh, no that's my i'm estimating four thousand i did see some shots of the other side where obviously on the hard cam side there wasn't really any people there and the way they were shooting it it wouldn't have perhaps been any people underneath the other camera that's kind of panning the entrance way and it just seemed like they know how to pack those arenas don't they they know how to kind of work that out but when i saw it as dark as it was you think oh this isn't great is it hardly hardly a takeover draw was it for a for a rumble weekend kind of odd they thought that this was a good idea to do this like to throw these on over nxt uk guys in this position i thought 
if there was one thing like and obviously we just spoken about the rumble would have been a natural place to capitalize on it if there was kind of one thing that was achieved that was because ultimately the nothing felt kind of substantial unless you want to believe that they're going to go do good stuff unless you want to believe this is the start of this kind of Jev Jordan Devlin push up the ranks but you know that in your in the back of your mind they're not going to do that because that's not what they do um it felt to me like the one thing they might well achieve was kind of building water yeah that was like the one if oh, there was one right. thing, yeah they got Walter right really for the first time and i don't know if you thought this but my immediate thoughts were the way in terms of positioning as well, that it seemed like there's an element of kind of wanting to entice him possibly to a new deal. I think that's even part of the idea of getting the NXT UK guys on this is perhaps dissuade them from saying, look, you know, you might be in Enfield now, but tomorrow you might be in Houston. You know, it's that kind of deal that you can kind of play on to it, that it feels like this is the way of bringing people across. And they never follow through on this stuff. And they've cr cried wolf at least four times a year for the last 20 fucking years. So I've no faith that they're actually going to go anywhere with this. But I would say that was the one, my kind of takeaway when I finished watching the show was what they did with Walter. Yes, yeah, the best they've allowed him to look. And yeah. I think the match was at its best whenever he was in. Yeah. Because they, they worked Walter's strengths. They based the match around his strengths. I thought Kyle O'Reilly and and Roderick Strong were great selling for Walter and mm. bumping for Walter as well. Like the way that O'Reilly took those chops was awesome at points of it. Really good stuff. And the way they highlighted him with that angle slam through the table, putting him down got over the presence and the threat that he was. Basically, that team was Walter and three other guys, or two other yep. guys, as it turned out in the end. And that's fine, because ultimately, if you can make one star, like you think about Undisputed Era, they're four stars, they're four guys. Bobby Fish is definitely the lesser of them. Yeah. But the other three feel like they're kind of on more or less the same level, and Adam Cole's that little bit more, more over and bigger than those guys. There's a little bit more ability, you could argue. But really, you can see an argument for all of them going on. Walter's team is just Walter. He's mm. the star of that team. And he's the I like the other three. I like Eichner and Bart. Yeah, so do I. Theory, but he's, yeah. he's the, what Jack Grealish is, the villa at the moment yeah. in that team, if you yeah. ask me. He's the absolute standout, and he's the star, and he's the guy that you want to see get over and go places. And it worked here, and fair play to him, because, yeah, they laid the match up quite well, I thought. Even with that injury as well, which was all uh, very... Yeah, well. which they got around. Yeah. yeah. They did well to pull it back, didn't they, from, like, that point, that, like, they still managed to put setting together. You'd imagine, like, the, you know, like you said, Walter's the star, but I do, you know, I like Eichner as a worker, I like Barthel as a worker. They must have had to jump in so many spots that they weren't supposed to be in, you know what I mean, mm. to, to stitch the match back together. I did mm. think they were great in the match itself, but, yeah, it was the, it was the Walter show, though, because it was, like, you know, just in, like, Jamming and like two of the undisputed era guys at the same time, just being an absolute monster and not selling and not powdering and not being a, a wimp who needs his buddies to save him. It was, it was like it was peak Walter. We probably will never see it like on main roster WWE. Lord knows at some point he's gonna he's gonna get out of this WWE contract. He's gonna do an interview with Alan Forell or Jamesy, and he's gonna tell us all about his Survivor Series experience, which he's he's already talked about a little bit in uh, not so glowing terms. Has he? Yeah, he said something like um, it wasn't his type of match. Like once, one he said like. It's a wrestler match until the point, you know, because it was like a three-way with like three different teams. And I think his point was something like at that point, it just becomes a joke. 
Um, and I didn't enjoy the match. That's all he said on like some interview. And you know he thinks more than that. And you know there's more that he could say about it. But I think we'll have to wait until he like. I think he's do- he is. We've said that. How many times have we said it? Walter's doing like. He's as much as we might not love it. He's doing the smart thing. He's getting his money out of WWE. For the most part, he's protecting himself. For the most part, he's in a he's in a decent position at the top of NXT UK. But it is NXT UK. But they do protect mm-hmm. him. Although you know maybe they don't book him to his strengths all the time. He's kind of getting the both best of both worlds right now. But he's got to be in his head just thinking, what the fuck? Like this felt like a match where he almost took control and was just in control of his own destiny and controlled how he was presented in the match and this was peak walter but i I really imagine yeah there's a great shoot interview or something like that to come out like a conversations with alan farrell to come out of this when he leaves wwe to talk about all the uh the times where he's just been bemused at what we actually want to do with him i came out of it as well though thinking to myself okay before he fucks off and i hope he does because i can't see this going anywhere ultimately and you know what vince will take one look at him He'll also find out he's a vegan. He'll see that his arms aren't roided up to fuck, you know. He'll know that he's not getting in touch with George Zahori at any time soon. And he's not going to push him. <laughs> so I really hope before Walter goes, we get to see singles matches with three of the four Undisputed Era guys. Because yeah. he looked like he had genuine chemistry with O'Reilly, mm. Strong and Cole in there. Like I thought some of the sequences between the guys were genuinely really good. Mm. And they're three guys that Walter can kind of work to his strengths around as well with how you could set up matches or the size difference. And I can see them being quite different matches as well. So three matches I wouldn't mind mind seeing him do at some point. Are they going to do... Is it him and Cole for the next takeover? Because it's in a couple of weeks, isn't it, that next takeover? They haven't announced it yet. That's the one in Portland. It seems like the logical goal, right? You would have to. I think it's a... I think it's a really good match and it's not been a bad feud as much as no, like, we slag off nxt uk and it is shite let's be honest play out of wrestling yeah they've kind of built this one reasonably well yeah mm. and walter stands head and shoulders above the schmucks in the middle of that nxt uk roster he's yeah. still they're doing the best but he still comes across as special doesn't he compared to everyone else especially when he gets going in the ring at that point you can you know that the crowd livens up immeasurably compared to when it just sort of died off in the other bits and because he has that aura as well which then makes me kind of think imagine he did Walter versus Lesnar at a mania and you built something around that I know we said it earlier on as well yeah you just can't see it can you no well not not this company like it makes sense you know yeah for them to do it and I think look at the two guys imagine the the visual of the two guys face to face as well but yeah I just don't think Lesnar would I don't think he'd care for Walter. I don't know. Um, I think Walter would get swallowed up. Like, we've seen that happen, haven't we? Remember when Walter yeah, got yeah, in there yeah, with yeah. the New Japan guys in Rev Pro and he wasn't, like, the alpha anymore? I worry about Walter in that scenario. Yeah, no, absolutely. Whereas I think Matt Riddle, there's a man who's got it. And did he have it on this show during that promo segment? Oh, my God. He, he was such yeah. a star, wasn't he, in that moment? Uh, oh, by the way, before we move on, uh, what did you guys give that main event? To? I gave it 3.75. Yeah, same. I think I think I might well have even gone to four stars on that one. Yeah, no, I thought it was a, it was a good match. It was a good match. It was a good main event. I thought definitely. Um, but yeah, I yeah. suppose it's not a talking point from a match point of view. We should mention like that that riddle segment and Zach Gibson as well. I thought Zach Gibson came. It was myself. great. That's something like they've Gibson. 
they're getting that right. Like we can, how, how much can we give WWE shit about how they present people wrong? We've done it throughout this show. At least with Gibson, they know what they've got, and the amount of mic time he's getting on NXT is shocking, even to me. Like the Americans must be wondering what the fuck that accent is. Um, but overall, he's like, toning down the scouseness of does, the accent. He's, he's doing like talking yeah. to your mum on the phone, scouse. He's doing me and my early podcast, scouse. Uh, that's what he's doing. He's doing call center, scouse. Uh, he's like he's like he's he's kind of pronouncing his t's and he's uh he's he's kind of uh lower he's doing like i think this is more what he really sounds like apart from when he's uh he's putting on that he's from toxtable or whatever but yeah but still like he's he's the he's running a mile with the with what they're giving him. They're giving him a chance on the microphone. And, you know, even in this segment, it felt scripted. It didn't feel like you're, you know, pure Zach Gibson verbiage, but he made it work. And he's been making it work on NXT TV, NXT TV every week. He, he tailors it to himself and you can really tell the way he does that. Like he, he gets that material, but it's also that initial reaction from the crowd. The look of disdain is always been the thing that he gets right. And as soon as the crowd see it on the big screen, I think they turn against him that bit more that makes him feel a bit more natural. So he has that kind of instantaneous way of being able to get that crowd in, engaged and get it to work. He feels and, like he plays up his instincts a little bit. With yeah, it he as does. Well. Yeah. yeah. He's comfortable himself as a performer. Yeah. I, I really enjoy it. We talk more positively about this promo segment than most of the matches <laughs> on, bloody, on, on the Raw WWE promo. Like Pete Dunn's bit was shit. And I just oh, thought, never, never let Pete Dunn speak. No. But yeah. Riddle, just when they cut, oh, it sounds like I've got the biggest hard on for Matt Riddle on this episode, doesn't it? I do. Yeah. I actually do. Yeah. But when they cut to him and he just looks at the camera with them headphones on and does a shrug and he's over in an instant, him doing that, he's oozing charisma, just doing a shrug of his fucking shoulders. Like, mm. the man is so fucking good. So good. And then what he says is not the most eloquent, but my God, does it work with the character? Yeah. And that's exactly who he is. Exactly who he is. And they just can't see it. He, to be fair to them, he did a promo a few weeks ago. I don't know if you saw it, JP, on like the NXT TV, where like it was clearly just unscripted Matt Riddle going off in like a talking yeah. head. And it was like apparently the story was that like they had him sit down and read the script. And then he just did his own version and Triple H liked the own version so much that he just ran with it and put it on TV. And it was oh, just... there's a surprise. <laughs> and it was just him joking around and saying bro a lot and just, you know what I mean? Like making, just being Riddle. Like, yeah, imagine that. That's a formula that works, isn't it? Let guys be themselves. Um, but yeah, I thought that was a big moment. I'm looking forward to that match. Quite excited. Unfortunately, the uh, the Grizzled Young Vets were announced for uh, TNT Wrestling on Thursday I'm supposed to be going to. They've been pulled to be on NXT. But you know what? When they get pulled to work NXT UK, I'll get angry about it. But you get, it, you get pulled to work NXT TV yeah. proper on a Wednesday in America. Fair enough. Probably the main event as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. Be, be, be the biggest match of those two's career. And let's be honest, James Drake is lucky to be where he is. He's being dragged along by. Yeah, he's worked very hard to <laughs> he's get. All he has, off. and he's fair improved, enough. but he's being dragged yeah. along. And he's... let's be honest, how many British guys are considerably better than James Drake? He's lucky he's got a good mate, and he's lucky he's in this <laughs> act team. You, you just and... wanted to be Bowden, don't you, Joe? That's what you want. Oh, when Quilden was talking about that team on his podcast, I was thinking, ah, oh, the greatest tag team that could have been. What, <laughs> what a team they were, the f- like four or five times they teamed together. Brilliant. We were doing that uh, retro show, well, sorry, the uh, the decade review on BWE this week. 
great episode, by the way. Yeah. Loved it. Oh, thank you. We were talking a lot about Infinite Promotions, probably more than it like deserved, considering its place in canon. But the point was, like, that was my local promotion, and everyone's got their own story. But like that, Zach Gibson ran that promotion, and I'd forgotten Bowden was all over those cards. Like the first six or seven cards, he was like the hot heel on the undercard in like 2012. Uh, yeah, yeah. What could have been there? You know what? What? What could have happened with that career? Shame he never matured. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, He's someone who very much has, has watched American Pie probably on a loop <laughs> for the last sort of good few years. And we're like Love Island at the moment as well, yeah, I imagine. So. Yeah. Not, not even the good American. Like he probably watches two all the time. He doesn't even watch the first Ah, one. two's all right. Ah, Beat on like... the other end. Ah. About three. Yeah, is that three? Beta House, yeah. Three's, a, three's the wedding. Three's the wedding. There are moments in three. I will always maintain in two the moment he's got his he's got one hand glued to his dick and the other hand glued to a porno. I laughed. I laughed fucking hysterically at that. They're very childish, but I haven't gone back and... I haven't seen it for a long time. Uh, what well, about to watch with the kids, mate? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but anyway, yeah. So this... Yes. By the way, that match that we're just talking about, the great build for too important to put on this pay-per-view instead it's going to be on tv this week and that says everything about this show um but yeah uh, i'll do it the portland i guess the tv show is probably going to be actually seen by more more people people. you could argue that as a a, like this is a nothing show that was there to create content on a royal rumble weekend so i i sort of I, i i wouldn't be too disappointed and you know it's it's not exactly the best crowd, is it? Four thousand or so, hot full sale crowd. TV, it'll be fine. I'm sure it will. Uh, any other highlights for you guys from this show? I mean, uh, any comments on the uh, the NXT uh, cruiserweight uh, new champion Jordan Devlin? That match was uh, very yeah. fight, very Fight Club Pro 2017, wasn't it? Mate, a lot of this show was really when we get down to it. How many people on this card have appeared in Fight Club Pro <laughs> at some I point reckon- or another? I reckon it's I've like been... one night stand fight <laughs> FCP. I reckon I've been pissed in the crowd watching some combination of Jordan Devlin. Um, what's uh, Swerve Scott? What's his name? Fucking um, Scott. Shane, Shane Strickland. Strickland. Shane Strickland. Shane Strickland and Travis Banks. Like I, I've seen them with with just all some other rando in a four way, and I've been drinking a pint and talking to you guys and barely paying attention to the match. Like I'm sure I've done that at some point. To be hey, honest, when... it wasn't a huge amount of difference from watching this one live on the network. Oh yeah, I was as soon as it started. I was like, "Very Fight Club Pro this match." You got an <laughs> import in there. I don't think he's ever appeared in Fight Club Pro, but he seems like someone they would bring in. Ooh, um... but I was thinking to myself, like, I'm surprised this match has been announced and they've not decided to just hit Clint Margera's music and just add him <laughs> to the match, <laughs> and then maybe hit the music of someone else. He comes out and it's some import they brought in that we didn't know about as well. So it's now a six way. I was waiting for that to happen, but unfortunately, you know, people weren't raising the Strongbow Blacks in there that night. <laughs> As, or Dark Fruit, is that what it's called? Strongbow Dark Fruit. Strongbow Dark Fruit. You would know. I never drank that yeah, shite, but it's, it's, yeah. it's not great stuff. I wouldn't, I wouldn't rust my insides with that rubbish. <laughs> was it Carling at one point as well? I'm sure the beer got that bad. Yeah. Oh, Carl, I never used Salzburg. to drink at Fight Club Pro shows. Oh, you were driving. They're so bad, so I just drive. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mind that. I was yeah. kind of in the same spot. Um, but yeah, any any thoughts on this match as a whole or anything more on Devlin winning? Again, if he turns up on NXT TV and he's doing loads of great matches, cool. But it's what it hinges on. It was blink and you miss it. Yeah, yeah. Travis Banks worked hard. I was going to say, he got, why. he got a lot more in this than what I thought he would do. I don't know why that was. I mean, it was, but he, 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 there was a 
extended sequence in the middle. And, and I kind of thought he's going to end up being forgotten within this. I think they got a little bit more time than perhaps I would have necessarily expected as well. You know, fine, good work. And I know obviously there's a title on the line within it, but again, like a lot of the show and really like a lot of fight club pro, no stakes. Yeah, like yeah. really in, yeah, in, in yeah. that sense, ultimately it's, it's there because they think, well, we need to get two from NXT and two from NXT UK and just put them in the match together for as much as anything else. And like we've said a few times, and you just said it a second ago, Benno, it entirely hinges what they do with Devlin here. If they don't do anything with Devlin, or he holds on to it for a month and then loses it back at, I don't know, the Portland takeover, and then that's basically it, then you get to kind of, well, what's the point? Do you reckon anyone has ever turned down those pictures with Triple H? I wonder what would happen. Like, what could I'd you say? Rid- I'd love Riddle to just be like, nah. Uh, I don't want yeah. to look like a, like your child, thanks. I'd rather be a star on my own. Right? That's the thing with Triple H. Like, he knows no one can possibly say no to that, can we? Because it seems innocuous enough. But it just it just feathers that image of Triple H's proud dad and the real star, and these are just his kids. Yeah. Uh, Walter. Yeah. <laughs> Walter would say no, I reckon. Has he, has he had one, though? Nah, there wasn't one when he won the NXT, whatever the United Kingdom title was called now, was there? I wouldn't put it past them to say, that'll be in the uh, the interview with James or Alan Farrell uh, when he turned down the picture with Triple H. Probably find out that you have to secretly get a tattoo of a sledgehammer on you somewhere as well to prove your loyalty. (laughs) Stonecutters. The Triple H cult. Exactly. Uh, yeah, if anything, it'll be like that cult from Cobra, and they've got a couple of sledgehammers in that, haven't they? At the beginning, that <laughs> oh, biker yeah. cult, yeah. <laughs> and that guy's uh, the bad guy oh, has been all over the IMDb trivia talking about how loads of his scenes got cut and Stallone's terrible behaviour on the set. And it's like you find out that loads of that bad guy scenes got cut, so that's why he's never turned into like a proper antagonist in the film because Stallone just made the edit all about him. And apparently oversaw the edit. That's very Triple H as well, isn't it? <laughs> that really That's is. So rest. It's it's like Fast and Furious when like The Rock and Vin Diesel had things written to the contract that they couldn't lose a fight, and then they had to have a fight in the film. And it was like it was like you know when you put like Triple H versus like a Hogan or something like who's actually going to win because neither guy's going to lay down. Love those types of politics. Everything's wrestling at the end of the day. It is, isn't it? <laughs> um, well, we talking Fight Club Pro. I mean, any thoughts on DIY Mustache Mountain? I saw uh, looking at Grapple, like the Rangers on this one, are fucking all over the show from like mm. two stars to five stars. I'm somewhere in the middle. I had a fun time watching it. I didn't feel like it had much substance to it. They tried to do, like you said earlier in the show, Joe, the uh, dramatic, you know, stop oh, yeah. and pause. That was like the most egregious example this weekend, wasn't it? They went for epic. The unnatural epic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Gargano loves that stuff. I- I've done the Gargano around. I'm not going to do it again. But I enjoyed it. I enjoyed seeing Mustache Mountain back together. Not teamed in WWE since June, apparently. That was a, a Will Cooling <laughs> fact. Uh, they are great as a team, though. I'd forgot. Like as much as I want to be negative about NXT UK, one thing I can never be negative about is how much how great Tyler and Trent are together, and how great Tyler is as a, an individual act too. Oh yeah, absolutely, and yeah, I I love them as a team. It's great. It's always fun seeing them together because they are just a really natural team as well. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I've ever got bored of seeing them team together. To be honest, for two years since that Minoru Suzuki Zack Sabre Junior match at your cool, wow. seems mad that doesn't it? Jesus. Uh, but yeah, this wasn't on the level of that match, but it was still pretty good. Um, yeah. I like the twists a lot of and nonsense turns at the in beginning. There. Yeah, though. it took it took a little while to get going, mm. and then I thought the finishing stretch was very good. I was annoyed that uh, whoever it was kicked out of the burning hammer. 
That. <laughs> oh, you mean the Birminghammer? That's is that what it's called? The that's Birminghammer. Brilliant. That's fucking that's, 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 that's all right. That's, that, all right. That, that's good. That's pure Trent there. Oh, it? yeah. But I was annoyed someone kicked out of it. Whenever I see that happening, I just get angry. It's like, come on. Like, and I get, mm. you must be doing it because you loved Kabashi. And then you're doing that to the moon now. You know, I thought the wrong... Sorry? So I was going to say, do you know who he really loves? He loves Kabashi. But who he really loves? Jeff Hurst. Oh, don't. But when <laughs> McGuinness brought that up again, I was thinking, so we've had to hear the fight on the beaches speech. We've had this Jeff Hurst thing as well. Like, it was just another reminder of that fucking Brexit festival. <laughs> when I was thinking, like, I don't know. Oh, no, Are no, we I going to Weatherspoons on Friday to see what Mate, happens? I am <laughs> so up for going to Weatherspoons on Friday because I want to see the lowest moment I could possibly ever see in my lifetime, I hope. I hope like that we never get to this moment ever again. But this is probably going to be the lowest moment in in possibly our lifetimes, would yeah. you say? Yeah. Well, And I think I need to experience it just so I know that it can't get this bad and we can't get to this low point as a country, hopefully, ever again. Because if we do, I don't know where we fucking go. So fancy a, fancy a pint in Weatherspoons on Friday, JP? Yeah, I'm game. Oh, I'm de- so jealous. Like, I'm going to Edinburgh at the weekend, but maybe I'll just stay in Scotland. Uh, although saying Mate. that, I was talking to the most Brexit lad in my work. You're going to jilt me at the altar again, you fucker, aren't you? <laughs> I was talking. I was talking to this lad, right? And he didn't work. He's like the most Brexit guy. And I was like, "Oh, I'm going to Edinburgh." He's like, "Oh, it's really good there." And I was like, "Oh, have you got any recommendations?" He went, "Oh, this is pub. It's really good." He started describing it, and I was like, "Oh, that sounds really good." He was like, "Yeah, they have really good beers in there too." He was like, "I'm pretty sure it's a Weatherspoons." I was like, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" And then I was like, "Oh, have you got any restaurant recommendations?" And then he recommended me a Wagamama's. So if I'm gonna have the most Brexit weekend I can, maybe I should do that and celebrate it, right? Oh, Weatherspoons followed by Wagamama's. Look, mate, in Scotland, they won't be celebrating Brexit. They'll just be looking for that. Well, Edinburgh, not so much. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of people in Scotland who aren't SNP fans at all. And, yeah, the SNP, I think, get quite an easy ride by the mainstream media for many reasons I won't go into right now. Uh, But, yeah, they will not be celebrating Brexit up in Scotland. So you'll be in a nice, safe place. Whereas me and JP, although Oxford's not really a break, it's 70% remain, mm. but I'm hoping all the mutants get out to the spoons that night um, so that we can see like proper Brexit Britain in action when mm. they're all raising half-priced pints for the evening celebration to leaving, you know... Um, an organisation set up for trade, but also peacetime in Europe as well. Um, but yeah, well, you know, yeah. the, they'd have uh, loved the opening to when worlds collide, wouldn't they? Yeah, they would have. I can't wait to be rule Britannia and all, all the great tunes that night while drinking a pint of I don't know hobgoblin. <laughs> Uh, um, <gasps> on that note, uh, any other thoughts about uh, any of the other matches? One other quick note on it. I just, uh, you know, it's been going around a lot. I know uh, uh, stuff that we've spoken on many podcasts. My God, Tony Storm's regressed. Well, I was just, just she's really exactly yeah. she's stale. Hasn't improved in years. And when you see Rhea Ripley from what she has been. It's like, it's a real indication of that. And it's not like she stood out in the rumble today either. To- Unless only to Vince, obviously. Oh, of course but- to Vince, yeah. It's interesting that Rhea Ripley wasn't in the rumble, I thought, mm. as well. He's Protect- the one who's got star potential. Like, I think I think Tony Storm has something, but I think Rhea Ripley has that times too. Like, she's a, she's a bone-off. She's got, she's got to be a big star, but again, does she fit that Vince uh, model? 
Well, I think she can go in there with the Charlottes and the Becky Lynch of this world, whereas I think Tony Storm goes in there and just does mid-card women's matches that go seven minutes on SmackDown. <laughs> two and a half star classics, three at a push. That's I went two on that women's match. I went two and a half. Uh, yeah. I was feeling generous, I think. Uh, I think Ilya and Balor, we didn't really mention either. I found mm. I thought it was okay, but I just thought I gave it three. quite a lot of communication issues between them and yeah. Ilya looked decent at the points, but I just I just don't feel Balor. I just yeah. don't think he's that good. I've just written down it Bal- Balor is the king of three stars these days. Three, three star special, honey. Gentleman's three. I I think the issue with Ilya, and I don't know if you guys remember this, but do you remember when they had Shotgun and WXW and there mm. was a series of interviews they did with Ilya and his, about his family and his wife had just given birth and the rest of it. And it was kind of him explaining the Umbazigbar character. Mm. And it was great and it worked. And it was the idea of I need to be like this because this is what I want to do and this is what I want to show my son. And it's the thing that's missing throughout all of this and it's the thing that won't help him connect. Is you've got to explain the character. Not just, you know, what does Unbazigbar mean? What's, what is it there for? What does it mean in relation to his character? Until they do that, and there's a chance, mention about Sean Ryan, you can get a good produced segment out of that. You could do stuff to sort of turn him round into a, a kind of more well-rounded character at this point. Hmm. But yeah, it just felt like it was three, it was fine. You know, Ilya's work is good, but... Like I say with Balor, it's again, it's just this kind of stasis. It's a weird match for the crowd as well because they've got Balor who's just come off the main roster, who's yeah. a star from the main roster, mm. and then you've got this guy they've probably never heard of who's mm. just been kind of imported in. So it's an odd kind of match in a way for that sort of crowd to take. I think this show would have been. Imagine this show if they did it in Germany. Yeah. That main event. It would have been super, super over. Mm-hmm. Like I think it was the wrong location to do this show. I think they should have probably just done a takeover and then done this show as part of like an NXT UK TV. I was gonna say it's the kind of card you would really would have worked here. Yeah, it would have worked here. Or if they wanted to go into Germany yeah, into the first yeah. sort of tape and it would have really worked. Yeah. Wrong time, wrong location, I thought. Maybe they can do the next one when they go to Dumbledore and run a stadium with uh, with Devlin and Balor on top. Maybe that's the route. There, maybe no unless yeah. they got Conor McGregor on the undercard only, <laughs> selling as many seats I hope David Starr would buy a front row ticket for that one yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah that's uh, that's Worlds Collide again solid show I thought as far as matches go unnotable show otherwise you've not missed anything if you don't watch it I think is probably uh yeah, that's pretty much it. Of thumb. But yeah, I suppose we've uh, spent a lot of time on, on that's the most WWE heavy show I think we've ever done. Um, I mean, there's two. First and last. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, we've kind of saved the stuff I'd be really positive about for the last, but there's just not many talking points for either. Do you want to talk about the NWA pay per view or do you want to talk about AEW on the boat briefly? Um, I enjoy both a lot. Uh, we, can, I did. we can do more on AW maybe next week, but maybe just broad yeah. thoughts. I enjoyed that as a, I enjoyed that as a concept show. I thought that was uh, imagine this a wrestling show on TV in the US and it looks different. Like Vince McMahon would have an aneurysm at just like no the technical difficulties where like Jim Ross yeah. was having to hold up a bit of paper to cover his mic or hide from the fireworks. Vince would like would go crazy over that stuff to the point where literally to avoid those kind of situations, they've just played it safe and Raw's looked exactly the same for 20 years. I love that AEW, even if it's not going to work perfectly, I've gone out there, done something different. I fucking love the presentation of this thing. I thought this was great and it's got to be a yearly thing going forwards. Yeah, they did. And I also think as well with this show, I think they got the format kind of right. Mm. Oh they, yeah, they, it was perfect. The first time where I was like, nothing felt overly rushed or kind of 
Um, there wasn't too much they were trying to squeeze in. Yeah. I thought the Jungle Boy bit they had on there was really good as well. Like, I, and it's, I'm just wary. You don't want to go too much too soon with him, but it was like, it was really good kind of character piece in there as well. I really enjoyed it for what it was. I've just, I mean, I think I took a little bit longer to watch it. I probably didn't watch it till about Friday or so, but then when I did, I was like, that was a really easy watch. Yeah. Just sort of went by... Enjoy, really enjoyed the tag match. Some good teases. What they were going to do with Paige. Yeah, that was well done. I thought. Yeah. And the interviews afterwards. I, I thought that. the stuff of the Bucks was really good yeah. as well. Yeah. Feels like that. This should be the Cody MJF stuff, but they've kind of mm. transferred it to Paige and Omega for this feud instead. Because I don't know. I I really like the show and I really like a bit. I just the Cody MJF stuff just isn't working for me. Can I say something? Mm. I'm not into MJF. Oh, I just find him kind of dull. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I definitely don't. I thought I, thought I was, wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'd no, say, I wouldn't say that. I'm into him. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm just not into him. I think the work isn't very good in the ring. No, I mean, he's and not think, an in-ring guy, is he? I think, no, but I think come the match, I'll probably be into it. Yeah. But I think they blew their load so soon that they've had to find ways of keeping the feud mm. going. And... I've just not been into it, and I expected to be into it because the initial term was really good. I just don't think at this point he's. I don't know. I don't know if my taste in it's, wrestling have changed or adapted over the years. Is and I'm just not. I don't know. I'm just not that into him at I all. I think we'll all have. And a it's much- not that anything's bad. Yeah. It's not that he's bad at anything when he's doing his character stuff. I think he's good at it. I'm just not bothered i think it's a take like you said a bit of a tasting maybe because i'm not i i recognize like his in-ring work isn't great and you know tonight you know apart from when he like almost killed joey janela with the crossroads which is fucking boss like i, I don't <laughs> i don't particularly want to see mjf matches but for me the promo works just so good that like i'm bang i'm banging so he's one of my favorite acts in wrestling i would probably see, say yeah i just switch off I don't, I don't, I, just, I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it. Yeah. But when Jericho is talking, I'm just like, yes. And I'm completely into what he's saying, right? Um, even Moxley, I'm into the sort of intense stuff that he's doing. He doesn't always say the best stuff. But I, I just don't know what it is with the MJF stuff. And I see people raving about the promo afterwards. I'm like, all right, I get it. I'm not, I don't think you're wrong by any means. Delivery cadence is all pretty much spot on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just, it's just never, like Cody, when Cody's cut out of prime, I think he's, oh, he's awesome. I think mm. he's got me. With MJF, I just, I just don't know what it is, but I'm just not into it. And I expected to be into it. And I'm probably the first person to say this sort of stuff regarding it, but I don't know. It's just not done anything for me. It, I find myself zoning out when he's talking as well, if I'm honest. Okay. If I'm checking my phone, that's a sign. And when he was talking the other week, I found myself checking my phone. I was like, oh, this says a lot. Um, yeah, don't know. I think, we're, I think we're in a lull in the Cody feud a little bit. I don't disagree with you there. Um, I enjoyed, like, for, for what they did on the show, I enjoyed the... I mean, I wish there was another heel they could have thrown in the pool. Like, I thought MJF was great in selling it, but maybe not now. Maybe not let Cody get that moment yet until, you know, we yeah. get to that point in the feud is maybe a criticism for me. But, yeah, I mean, I I, I don't think you'd, you'd be bothered, Joe, about being on an island on MGF. Maybe people will come to join you at some point. <laughs> maybe me and uh, JP will turn No, I, it's not that I think he's bad. At, I, I don't no, know. No, so I just you, you know, you're just not, as, you're just yeah. not into an invested in it. But That's then fine. there's, 
I can get that in the sense of if you're not really feeling the storyline as much, that's going to be the natural knock-on did, effect. So, of like, I didn't expect to enjoy Adam Page more than yeah. MJF at this stage, and I'm just kind of like, oh, okay, this is. And I think it is partly the way they've built the storyline mm. and how I feel like they've jumped way too soon before mm. he was fully, fully, fully established. Totally agree with that. And there were months of TV they could have done to get the feud over and then do the turn down below, like then bring Wardlow. Mm. Do you think they brought this Wardlow fella in oh. and he's just kind of stood there and they haven't really done anything with him? Mm. And it was like, okay the way you've mapped this feud out is not great. And yeah, I just feel like they're just killing time every week with the feud. Whereas you would have had, they'd have just watched Triple H Batista back, which was a great feud. They would have had loads of material if they basically just lifted that feud and adapted it slightly when they had months where they built Batista. I don't know. It would be different character dynamics because it would be the less established guy um, being the heel, whereas mm. Batista was the face and all the rest of it. But, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 it bothers me that I'm not that into it. I see your point. I, I, I think <laughs> I've got faith they'll, they'll, they'll get it back on track with this feud, but I certainly don't disagree with kind of a low ebb. Um, and I'm not as confident with AW about a lot of things, but it being a bit Cody feud, I do think maybe they, they'll pull you back a little bit more, Joe. But I agree with you, like your praise of um, Adam Page. Like, I would have... For me, I would have kind of, I rolled my mm. eyes at like, you know, the Scott Hall drunken kind of angle. And even now, I kind of still don't think it's my favourite element of the feud. But I honestly think he's running with it and making it good. Like like you said, that that promo thing back, uh, backstage with, uh, with Tony, well, not backstage, somewhere on the ship with Tony Schiavone um, and the Young Bucks kind of, you know, interrupting and Kenny kind of getting the spotlight from Shivani, which was a little bit kind of um, obvious with Shivani cutting away from Paige to ask Kenny Omega the big questions. Yeah. But I thought Paige's performance kind of rolling his eyes at the books and getting a couple of uh, jabs in there and the books kind of holding back. It's a really nice slow burn story and it's given some focus both to Paige and to Omega and fuck me, did Omega need it? Like, this wasn't exactly what I expected Kenny Omega to be doing in AEW, but at least it's like, it's something he can sink his teeth into and something that's keeping him on a more serious focused edge i think it's really working at the moment this little story it is and i think it also works um it works better because we haven't got any of that nightmare collective or dark order shite on it this week and i think being given room to breathe after (laughs) the tag match because the other thing i'd say about adam page is each week he looks like he's getting better he's having better matches in the ring he's had a couple of really good ones with the four-way tag the week before this tag match this week like it's been easy to kind of watch and enjoy him. Mm. And I think as a show, partly those bits I think would work as well because there wasn't as many of the other bollocks bits they could have thrown into the mix. So I think that, that overall kind of led me to feeling strong things about the show and that crowd sing along to Judas, sorry, diving all over the place. One oh, thing I great was that. that was great. That was really, that was a, that was Jericho a, Jericho really, was loving that. He was oh, absolutely he was. loving it. He's the king of that boat, isn't he? Like, he just, yeah. he's just the king, mate. Just <laughs> he's the king. Wrestler of the Observer Awards, we all voted for him. Wrestler of the Year, I am. Uh, like the MVP. I've got yeah, the MVP. Not the award. Yeah. Not yeah. The, oh, yeah. Not the in ring one, there. but the overall one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Osprey, yeah. Osprey's yeah. in ring, isn't he? Uh, I forget. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that got Jericho to. might get most charismatic as well for me this year. Mm, well, I mean, yeah. And or a, Riddle. Put Riddle in. And as a draw as well, Jericho. Like, he's always, like Meltzer yeah. was saying that, like, literally, I think every AEW show, except for one, the top segment's been Jericho. Do you know time. why, mate? Because he's one of the greatest ever. <laughs> and Vince McMahon 
doesn't realise that. Yeah. He's a top man. But yeah, I agree with you as well, JP. I'm made up that they didn't... Uh, I think they realised how stupid it would be to get the Dark Order and evil Brandy yeah. on a fucking boat. Like, why would they be on a boat? It doesn't make any sense. Hopefully they're going to walk that stuff back because there was a, uh, a Brandy video on YouTube where she was like coming to and going back to her normal self. I hope that's not just a tease and that is the direction they're going. Uh, just drop never mention magic. it again. Yeah, Don't drag this out. Just never bring it up ever again. I yeah. skip the women's stuff now. I watched Britt Baker's promo um, oh, on Shivani. With the <laughs> Fucking hell, that was... It worked, though. Yeah, uh, that's what they were going for, wasn't it? They were going for, like, purposely bad, weren't they, in some ways? That's what it felt like. Yeah. But I, I skip the matches now. They've not... Unless they get Jamie Hayter back, who I thought was good in the TV matches they gave her... I've, I'm not bothering with it. It's just bad. Um, and yeah, o- Omega and a page against SCU, I thought was a really good open. Just overall, like you said at the top, GB. yeah, no, that was very good for what it was, and I mm. thought the character development in the match was excellent as well. Yeah, and overall, I just think yeah, that all of the matches were like pretty much the right length, the right amount of angles, like you said, JP. Pack and Moxley was fine. It maybe I think I it, wasn't feeling that one. I think it, it being was, on a boat, the wrong main event for the for that for show. That, for that show yeah. possibly would have been. Yeah, yeah. I think it being on a boat, Moxley wrestling with one eye. I just felt like they were both a step yeah. in that. You know, like when you watch like an outdoor wrestling show, and it's just not quite the same, like the feel of it, because you know the wrestling in the elements and just the maybe that half step slower. That's what this match felt like to me. It felt like they've got so much and. We've seen it. They've got better in them. Yeah, they have. I can, I can see it. I mean, it was, it was fine for what it was, but yeah, it was number one bad. contender match necessarily on the boat. It, I don't know if that necessarily would have. I, I didn't think it, it was the right show for Pack as yeah. well. If I'm honest with you, I think the style that he's that he sort of executes most of the time being a bit more methodical mm. wasn't right for that kind of boat crowd where everyone's kind of having fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought the Moxley Guevara match could have been saved for this week, possibly. Mm-hmm. And it would have got over a bit more because of how it was worked, how it was arranged, or you could a rematch. I thought you needed someone like a Darby Allen who might do stuff that's a bit more wild and sort of spot based uh, for this sort of crowd. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that would have worked. But yeah, I think that's only like maybe my also only minor criticism. But I would say overall, like JP said, the skeleton's there. This was the if every show followed this format, I'd be quite happy. And if they do this boat once or twice a year, I think I'll be happy. Uh, not, yeah. not a huge amount to complain about there with AW. Yes, it stands out, and I'd love to be on the Jericho cruise. I'd like a riot laugh. <laughs> that's it. Anyone wants to buy us tickets? Well, like, you might end up spending a hundred odd dollars getting your hair braided like Alvarez did <laughs> by accident. <laughs> I'm not an idiot. Yeah, exactly. It's like, mate, that's fucking on you. D- didn't he go and like, try, like he got like quoted like nine dollars or something like that, and then they charged him per braid or something? Like they that did. is that is the most Taurus trap story I've ever. And heard. then Janella did it after. <laughs> <laughs> so you end up with the braids in his hair. I love it. Um, yeah. But I mean, quickly, I know that's the AEW. Uh, I feel so bad we've left it right to the bitter end. But I just don't think there's a huge amount of talking points. Like, NWA's pay-per-view, um, hard times. Like, mm. there's a reason Gareth always kind of, like, delayed about putting NWA on the grapple app. Because how would you rate these matches? How would you break down <laughs> these matches, to be honest? Like, they're just match. It's just, it is what it is, isn't it? It's not It's not going to be a work break fest. There's going to be things you like from a character point of view, but you're not exactly going to be able to give much detailed match-by-match analysis. I agree with you on that, because if you're going to analyse the card on the whole, it's kind of a waste of time. It's like, these pay-per-views, I think they just want to get two, three things achieved, and then 
that's what they look to do. Mm. And because everything's got that 605 time limit because of the TV title matches that all over it. the place, it was great. She's done that for every matches, match. Well, they were short. Dan Math is never going to look any better than a match where it's a 605 time limit. Great. He looked great. He looked awesome. As an absolute, like, his gear didn't he seems look to get great. bigger every time I see him. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. In that, like, giant blue tent, it looked like he was working. That wasn't the best. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, oh it was. You'd never seen a better Dan Math. Exactly. Like, a Ricky Starks, Matt Cross match, absolutely fine for what it is for 605. It's, you know, a lot of action, stuff going on. I look at these, like, I don't even think there's probably two matches that hit about 10 minutes on these cards. And that was. Aldis versus Flip, which was fine. Mm. It wasn't what it was, but it was just there to set up the fact that Aldis is going to be going in the Ring of Honor as a top guy, mm. basically. Which, to be honest, given some of the people I promoted to the top of the card, that's not the worst option by any stretch of the imagination. Probably could get a good bit of buzz out of it as well. But also the Thunder Rosa Allison K match, which I didn't expect a lot but that crowd as with a lot of stuff they lift stuff up and make it better than what it is because that match was kind of messy at points but because the crowd were really into Thunder Rosa it kind of worked for what it was um, but yeah it, it, it's just that these shows are easy to watch they don't go above two and a half hours you get your main event you get your stories in there the crowd are really hot with it and it's it's an easy it's an easy kind of show to watch it's almost like a is like that the TV show in so many ways. Mm. It's just if you're wanting work rate, realistically, you're only going to get that for perhaps two matches out mm. of the card, two three matches tops. But there's a there's it's like it's none of it is bad bad mm. apart from actually tell a lie. Aaron Stevens, Scott Steiner was shite. <laughs> Scott Steiner with that bald head's never going to get normal, is it? Oh no, exactly. He's looking like the brother these days, well and truly looking like Rick. Um, but, we, could, we couldn't but, convince you to tune in for this one, Jonah. Ah, oh, mate, I've watched a lot of wrestling. This <laughs> I've watched, I watch a lot of wrestling generally. It looks pretty good. I like the look of NWA. Yeah. When I watched the first few episodes, I really enjoyed it. Ben, I've said over time, what about week six? Yeah, I was done at sort of week five. I've not come back. You know, there. Are, I look at it and I think I'd like to watch it. I just, I don't have. I watch too much wrestling. I don't have the time. <laughs> I want to. I want to watch other stuff mm. as well as wrestling. I want to do other stuff as New well. Um, yeah, but I, I, I would say it's not like in terms of because like, I only dive in and out of it. I don't have the time. Yeah, some to of be the Marley stuff and some of the oldest stuff. I was tempted to have a look yeah. at at all some point. And flick through some of the episodes. Yeah, it was. It was so it was possibly as good as seen Flip Gordon be since he's come back from injury? Well, for me, it wouldn't even be for matches. It would be to watch segments because yeah. I like the promos. It would be to watch the oldest Camille stuff because I thought that was a good storyline with a slow burn. Oh, yeah. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's just, where's the time? Yeah. I think, like, Aldous is the one for me that, like, yeah, that's, if you're going to, like, cherry pick segments from these shows, just watch his stuff. Like, he's building a, a feud with Ricky Morton right now that's just, like, brilliant. Oh, like, awesome. Yeah. Like, and he's just, he's, as, like, this stable leader, as Ricky Morton is, like, you know, doing his uh, best of the wrestler uh, kind of. Because the thing is, like, Ricky oh, get Mo- in. Sorry. Chris Saban and Chris Harris set for Impact's one night only. Get in. <laughs> Sorry. Carry on, Beto. Oh, mate, they've, they've announced the Aces and Eights as well. There's that too. D'Lo and uh, uh, Mr. Kennedy. Oh, oh. I saw. Uh, Mr. Kennedy can fuck off, but D'Lo, cool. Look, I, me- I messaged um, 
what you call it, uh, Ethan Page, and did say, you know, uh, make sure, see if you can find anyone with Claire Lynch's number. And he liked the tweet. And to me, that's as good as a guarantee. We're getting Claire Lynch at this pay-per-view too. Excellent. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> to be fair, as a, as, a, like a, as a connection, there is a lot of retro TNA on these shows as well, on these NWA shows. Lots of guys that like, it's the it's the box of broken toys, isn't it? A bit like Nick Tides. And like the, like I say, I enjoyed that Steiner match more than you, JP, mainly just because I enjoy watching an agent Scott Steiner refuse to do any of his old poses because he doesn't want to give away the fact that he's not got any muscles anymore or I mean, he's completely he's head to toe covered in tattoos as well so you can't quite tell that he hasn't got those muscles anymore honestly couldn't but yeah. i love that i love that he's still he's a worker he's still in there with a uh, with a uh, shooter stevens and uh i'm trying to uh, do something interesting i thought that was good like we said i thought nick alderson flipped gordon i thought that was a, a solid little match um again i think Aldous does a good job of making someone like a Flip Gordon seem like a threat, even though realistically, you know, Flip Gordon's never winning. And all it really is, they did like that old NWA thing where I think Aldous, he'd only do the match or he'd only put the belt on the line if, that was it, he'd only put the belt on the line if Marty Scared would leave the building. It's all built for that, for that big that yeah. big rematch but between those two. So I enjoyed that. And yeah, I thought the tournament was good too. Again, like, you know, it's good little stories flowing through it. I think Ricky Starks has got a, you know, the gimmick is that he's the charismatic Ricky Starks, but I do think he's got a lot of personality. He's the right yeah. guy to, to put over in this tournament. I love that he meets a, a Trevor Murdoch in the final. You know, Trevor Murdoch, again, speaking of broken toys, like it sounds horrible to say, but I genuinely did. I thought Trevor Murdoch was either dead or retired. I didn't realize that he was still going before NWA brought him in. And he's perfect for these kind of shows in this main event. And yeah, you know, the presentation's great. I love that on the pay-per-views, it's the only time where they give the guys entrance music and try and they use like the Lucha Underground entrance with the, the uh, through the crowd uh, kind of steps that, uh, mm. that again, uh, <laughs> that uh, Robert Gibson really struggles to get up and down. I don't even think he exits via the stairs anymore. I think he just kind of wobbles down and then stands there um, and lets, Mort- lets uh, Morton do all the work. Uh, but yeah, yeah he does that. his one drop kicker match. That's basically it. And it's time to go home, isn't it? Um, yeah. I love that about it. And yeah, like I say, it, it, it's a place where you might just see like a guy you've forgotten exists, like a like a Matt Cross or like a like we said, the Dan Maff, who's basically morphed into Monster Mac at this point. Uh, getting to see those kind of guys in a in an interesting setting, a Tim Storm in a setting where he he wouldn't work anywhere else, but he's the world's greatest babyface here. It was a I thought it was a fun couple of hours, but probably. For me, too soon for another NWA pay-per-view. Yes. Um, and also just maybe not the least notable of the NWA shows, really. It was it was fine all in all, but I wasn't blown away like I was for the last pay-per-view. Yeah, it wouldn't be something they would be wanting to do every month because the law of diminishing returns on it. But the next show they're doing isn't there. It's going to be the Crockett Cup. I liked the Crockett Cup last time I watched it. Really mm. enjoyed it. Is that it. a Marty Aldis rematch? Marty because that's where it was like, last year, wasn't it? It seems that would be the place to go that maybe okay. not diving... Yeah, going into it, and I'm assuming they're going to want to do it in Ring of Honor as well at the same time. Right. So, like, it's it's interesting where they're going to go. The Ring of Honor stuff, as we mentioned last week, there's lots of interesting little directions of who Marty's doing deals with. NWA isn't one of the worst groups that they could do. That it's particularly this incarnation of NWA, particularly for someone like a Ricky Starks, maybe getting a bit more time on Ring of Honor. I don't know if they're going to do any go down that route as well, but. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I couldn't watch one of these a month. One every two, three months, and it feels like a really special treat. Definitely. I think that'd be fine. And yeah, yeah. overall, I think, the, again, good stuff. And you get to see, like, you know, 
I think uh, Bennett called uh, Thunder Rosa one of the best wrestlers in the world. He needs to ditch that Matt Striker uh, style yeah. commentary where everything's the best ever. But you get to see the best wrestlers in the world too. So, you know, worthwhile watching. Just be like Joe Galley, just pure business. <laughs> that's all, and, and actually keep that, yeah. That's it. He's, he's, he's just a very likable uh, guy. Um, just to yeah. keep the end No of facial reaction. No, it can't get worse than it even happens to listen to Vic Joseph. <laughs> I... <laughs> Yeah, Tom Phillips. Oh, whoever they are. They're the same people. Just no, they are, no nobodies. They? And Michael Cole making shite out to be much bigger than it actually is. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, anything else then uh, before we go? That's it. Um, the Rumble has killed us. I love Matt Riddle. <laughs> <laughs> so do I. I just don't. I don't Solidarity know. with Matt Riddle. We'll have to have a Riddle related title, I think, for the show, Joe. Joe and Riddle. Joe and Matt. Oh, just. Um, I was going to say Royal Grumble. But, uh, <laughs> that's not a bad one, yeah. I man. think that's a podcast, you know. I think that's a, uh, that is a podcast. Is it? Royal Grumble, yeah. Uh, that trademark. Just WWE is shit. <laughs> <laughs> or regression or something. That was that progress stable, wasn't it? Yeah. Let's not bring up memories of that. We'll, rem- we'll have a look. We'll, uh, we'll have a thing. Uh, but yeah, any plugs uh, you want to mention, uh, JP? Uh, no plugs at the moment. No more Liger based podcasts other than the one that's out there at the moment on uh, on post wrestling with WH hmm. uh, for his Thunderstruck series. I know he's done one with Martin as well. That's just I still had a chance to listen, and the to one these. with Jamesy as well. The week. Yeah, three I've, of us. I've got all weeks. saved, ready to listen to. But I want to watch the matches first. Hmm. And like I can't get the NWA stuff in. When can I get these old Liger matches yeah, in? I'll pull try. Pull your finger out your ass and do it. I mate, I got too much going on. Nah, you don't. I, I really do. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, I'll say unplugs like on a non-grapple-related note. If anyone hasn't checked out the uh, the WrestleWipe, uh, WrestleWipe.com, have you seen that, JP? Uh, it's like a uh, he's launched it. The yeah. the website. Oh, good stuff! Cause it was bloody good fun. Oh, it's what fucking absolutely. This is a global force gold on Twitter. Uh, a friend of ours. It's like a if you imagine there was no Charlie Brooker's uh, year twenty nineteen wipe this year. If you want a wrestling equivalent. Go to that website and check it out. But on a uh, on a website note, from a grapple point of view, Gareth has finally launched uh, grappleapp.com, uh, on hey. which you can see the Grapple 100 and it all its glory. You put a lot of work into that thing, and you can can, you can tell when you go through it. You can see uh, the top ten that we revealed on our podcast, but also the uh, the full 100. He's also put the uh, the Grapple sleeper list on there of uh, the matches that didn't quite make it, but were ones that uh, were highly rated, at least for the people that have seen it. Uh, also as well uh gareth yeah he's uh doing better than us these days he was on a he was on our podcast once this thursday's on the post hangout with john and way how about that eh? the fucking uh, jesus we, we've made the star lads we have hadn't he's, he's gonna be all- well we know how to make stars where you know the industry leader and the po- <laughs> the area we podcast about no idea how to make stars so gareth's yeah. all riddle that's what he's doing <laughs> pushing him to the fucking moon there you go so yeah check that out definitely listen to gareth live on youtube i think it's eight o'clock on thursday he's missing the tnt show for that so uh, yeah make it a Ooh. make it worth as well uh, but yeah you can check that out check out the grapple 100 follow the grapple up on twitter at grapple app follow me on twitter at benson richard e check out the uh, the bw episode i mentioned earlier we do the uh, the decade and review very proud of that one uh follow jp on twitter at jpgp and i think that's about it lads that it? that's pretty much it Cool. Right, well, we'll be back next week. Uh, I expect it won't be a Monday night show. Uh, with me being in Edinburgh, it might well be a Tuesday night show, but keep an eye on our Twitters and all that good stuff. Or grapplap.com, there is a podcast page there yeah. uh, for the next release. So, yeah, with all that in mind, we'll catch you at some point next week. Bye.
receiving. I hate that I'm annoyed. Like, I'm annoyed, I'm annoyed. <laughs> now, let's get into it, because I need to kick off. <laughs> okay. Is JP ready? I think I'm more pissed off at him, and he's like his former best friend, and he's like the uh, edge to his Randy Orton. We were saying it on the way in. I was genuinely expect. I was like, Joe will either absolutely love that Rumble match or absolutely hate it. And that's... Uh... <laughs> Mate, the first half was great, and yeah. then Lesnar went and it got shit. Yeah, fuck it out. What's JP doing? Is he making a cup of tea? He's yeah. making a cup of tea. Yeah, yeah. That'll soothe you, mate. Make you feel better. Uh, I'm pissed. Like, come on. I'll, I'll, I'll save it. But you can, so we can save just... and start if you want, mate. I am already. I'm always recording as the show started. Or do we wait okay. for JP? So, do you want to do the rumble first, then? Whoa, whoa, yeah. Whoa. Cold open. JP, no, sorry. No, 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 let's do it, do, it, do it properly. We'll get started literally in a second. That tea's nearly been made. He's done within a minute. Let me go and say goodnight to him. Ah, oh, JP doesn't want us to uh, start. Oh, fair enough. He's okay. ruining the party. 